I, though, have been fasting since lunch on Sunday. Yeah, it's like three and a half days. Whoa! Doesn't... Is that... You can do that without dying? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just amazing how much of our time in this society... Mm-hmm. is spent around consuming. Yeah, everything. <laughs> My therapist said, she goes, you're overachieving at therapy. And I go, but yeah, but I'm underachieving at life. <laughs> <laughs> he grabs one of the books and rocks it in the bookcase swings into a room like it was a hidden room oh like, my god and like <laughs> it was uh, crazy that might be the coolest thing yeah. i've ever heard in real life Welcome to episode 63 of Long Walk Short Drink. It is February. We're recording this on February the 6th, 2019. Um, This is your co-host Palmer podcasting to you from Dayton, Ohio. And this is the other half of that co-hosting duo. This is Dave talking to you from Northfield, Minnesota. Oh man, buddy. It's so good to see you. I like Good to see you too. I know we do this every other week thing, and uh, we've gotten really into a nice groove. I feel like, um, as far as like recording goes, and uh, I can get up here really quick and get everything set up now. And uh, but me and those off weeks, it's like it like feels like forever, especially now that we've really we hardly ever text anymore and stuff. So it's like. Then I'm trying to remember, did I talk about that on the last episode? Did I not talk about it on the last episode? Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, I, I hear you a little bit more like throughout that week because of the editing the show. But right. even that's become so much more smooth that I don't know if we've just gotten, I don't know, but that's gone faster too. So then oh, that great. that time is, is longer and yeah, so I'm all the happier to see you now. <laughs> yeah, I need to catch up. What I need to do is catch up on our show because that would, that would be, that would help. Uh, so help me remember what I already talked about. Well, they're only three hours a piece, so <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> so, um, we do all right. Yeah. Oh yeah, that that's been in a nice rhythm as well. Yeah, like, uh, well, I mean, man, we've been we have been up there. The revenge episode, that thing, <laughs> yeah. epic. I think our longest might be. I have to double check. I want to say it's like the Swiss Army Man episode, actually. Oh, really? Wow. I think so. Yeah, that yeah. one's especially long. There's one you that's know, like four fifty, like almost five hours. I think. Like, Whoa. Yeah. Oh, you mean like the raw recording or the edited one? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I could have swore there was one I saw like a four-hour, fifty-eight minute mark, but maybe I'm maybe I'm off. I mean, easily for one of the uh, longer unedited episodes, that could totally be. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh man! So how things been, man? 
Things have been good. Um, it's there's been a lot of snow here, and so I uh, I have been, you know, enjoying that. I guess as much as one can. I had one of those like harrowing two hour commutes yesterday, um, which is no fun. But then today I was home, and tomorrow I'm able to to work from home as well. And so um, I actually, you know, the bride and I both really love snow. Uh, nobody likes to drive in it, of course. But right. so we were out enjoying it today with our uh, dogs and. Yeah, it was just a nice kind of. I don't know. Got done what I'd hoped to for my day job, and so now it is. It's kind of like a good day. It, it, it is a good day. <laughs> so awesome. Kind of like a good day. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I've been kind of chipping away at the goal stuff, and I really haven't seen much in the way of new movies and stuff, except for the one I'll mention later. Uh, but it's been working on things. Some, some like some of which I can talk about. But and the bride and the bride's dad and stepmom were here for a few days, and so that okay. was nice. But I can't think. We didn't do too much to speak of, really. Um, we were kind of bound, you know, almost homebound this one day because of snow. They barely got in because of snow um, and ice and all that stuff. Uh, we caught, caught a couple of hockey games, basically. Um, but mostly just hung out. Showed them Black Panther, which they, surprisingly for people in their 70s, they liked that. Yeah. Um, I guess I was surprised at how much they they liked it. I, I this is the third time I've seen it. I was again surprised by how much I like it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I it is. It, I mean, it legitimate. I mean, it won. It, it did a really great box office run. It was a legitimately good movie, and I think, I think, I don't know. I almost enjoyed. I feel like the Infinity War because didn't they both come out last year? Didn't Infinity sounds, War come out last that year? That sounds too? right. Yeah, because like the Black Panther crew was like show in, up in Infinity. Yeah, War. it was, and that was like in February ish, right? Like Black Panther came out really early in the year, and then yeah, that sounds right. And then uh, Infinity War was the big summer blockbuster, and I feel like the. Of course, the ending of Infinity War is not forgettable. Like everybody, like that ending just like rips your heart out. <laughs> but the rest of it kind of is but black panther was just super fun it was really good storytelling yes, it, it was super and fun. like just so fun so yeah that uh yeah. that makes sense i saw a tweet uh it was sometime in the fall or winter uh, like over our break but it was a tweet that was like how is it that this is the same year that Black Panther came out? Like, it, like, this, like implying that the year had been so long and painful. Like, <laughs> they can't yeah. believe that that was their marker. That they were like, "What? That came out the same year?" Like, That's funny. Uh, it was funny. I didn't even realize it came out that long ago, but I guess it must have. Yeah, yeah. I remember there being snow coming out of that movie. Which, anyway, yeah. <laughs> but what have uh, what have you been? Well. I do want to know what you've been up to, but I, I forgot even to bring in water. So I want to crack our beverage if that's all right. Oh, yeah. No, that's fine. You know what? The other thing they took off, I can't see unless there's nobody watching us. That could be two. I know Moto's going to be a little late and he's our stalwart. I'm the one watching. Is that the right word? I have to be the one watching. So <laughs> let me see if I can. I'm going to add to it. Check. Yeah. Yes. I just, I, uh, I, I was just like. <laughs> You may not subscribe to yourself. Sorry. I just trying to get us a subscriber. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now I'm I'm on. Yeah. Let me just say. I uh, popped that um I popped the chat window out so that way I don't have to oh, you keep can do that? The, yeah. 
if you hit the three. Oh yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And then I switch it to live chat, so you can see everything happening. Oh right, top chat, live chat. Yeah. Wow, I'm learning all kinds of stuff. Um, I, I learned how to make a a GIF. Um, I I, I had this thing of my, well, she's not technically my niece she feels like it the bride's cousin's daughter who's in a real um david friendly space right now <laughs> uh she was doing this dance and fell down and her mom captured it you know on it was she was actually filming uh, her brother the the kid's brother she's the, the little girl is very young the brother's like five so he's dancing kind of well for a five-year-old. Yeah. And then she starts dancing behind him in the kitchen, um, trying to get in on the fun and just like bites it, <laughs> just falls down in the most, you know, it's it's hilarious. But I, of course you're concerned, but you know, it's fine. So w- once you know that she's fine, it's so funny. And it's right at the end of the video. And like you hear the mom go <gasps> and shut it off. That's awesome. But I was like, I got to make this a gift. Like I, I'm a video professional, have been for like 20 some years. I got to be able to make a gift. No yeah. problem. So I look <laughs> it up <laughs> and it turns out I could do it from my video program. I don't know why this never occurred to me. I just put it on a timeline, hit export, setting GIF. And I was like, oh man, I'm going to be doing this every day, all day now. Yep. There have been a lot of times in this show where I've wanted to um, make a gift of something. And so look out. Um, there's a couple, like if you, cause I always make gifts out of, that's how I got that, uh, Mandy gif of Nick Cage in the bathroom. Oh, you know? really? You yeah. made that. That's great. Uh, so there's a YouTube video that's just that scene. Well, it's, it's like a bunch of, it's a montage of like Nick's Kate, Nick Cage's best moments of Mandy, which is already awesome. <laughs> Innumerable. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, but there's a couple sites that you can go to where, um, you can put in, the start time and the stop time of the YouTube video, and it spits out a GIF oh, of that nice. video for you. So nice. Um, and obviously, the longer it is, the bigger it is. GIFs can get yeah. really big, really fast. I realize uh, now why that is. If you can basically just export a video as a GIF, like it, yeah, like, can probably do an entire timeline. But yeah, I so. tried to use one of those like GIF, well, some phone app. And it just was, I don't know, like I must have been doing it wrong or something. Yeah. And I couldn't figure it out. And then I was like, can I do this in Premiere? And instantly I could. And then today I used uh, YouTube to, I was looking, I was, you know, everyone's, I don't always do that. And so I had learned a couple of things like that recently. And so I was in the habit of it. I wanted to close the gaps on an editing timeline. I've been doing them one at a time, all this. And I was like, in Final Cut 7, you used to be able to just hit a button clo- and it would close all the gaps in your timeline. And this would save me a bunch of time. And so I looked it up on YouTube today. How do you, you know do this in Premiere? And I found a nine-second video <laughs> that was this dude who just goes, uh, select everything on your timeline. Go up to the drop-down for sequence. Hit close gaps. You're done. And that was it. <laughs> I love good tutorials like that. That was the best. Uh, and I heard it in my head. I was like, learning from the internet. Yeah, they. That's great. That's exact. That is a prime learning from the internet moment, man. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, I saw some statistic that um, statistically, it's like within the first three minutes, it, it, you, you can jump three minutes into any tutorial video to actually get to the tutorial. Like it's, like, <laughs> it's like the average. Nice. You know what I mean? Nice. Uh, because. 
there's just a lot of fluff, you know, and mm-hmm. for and I love those tutorials like that, guys, where it's just like this is quick and painless. It's like and it's nine yeah. seconds long and like I don't need views. I'm not trying to build a channel. I'm just trying to share some <laughs> knowledge. That's all I'm trying yeah. to do, you know, like, oh, yeah. uh, and that guy probably that, that probably got a ton of pings. Like, I bet you he like, did it was it at the top of your search? uh it i did it was one of those top three that came up like yeah. as, as video suggestions in the main yeah so it's perfect I, I bet it, i bet <laughs> anything like he probably did end up getting a ton of views just because it is so short and so concise yeah. and like perfect you know <laughs> yeah. oh that's so awesome it's the way to go so awesome um ash and i have been uh we started been working goals too uh, oh yeah, we we're into February officially now. Yeah, so yep. Uh so we started Monday was our kickoff. Like that um so she's been doing time restricted eating. Right of we don't have any there's nothing good in our house whatsoever. <laughs> nothing good to eat. <laughs> yeah, like nothing I mean no, no, nothing like there's no dairy. We're cutting out. We're trying to cut out dairy. Oh, that hurts. Yeah, it's painful. And uh, man, I love cheese. Cheese is just the best. And mm-hmm. <laughs> carbs, I, um, you know, while it's like not easy to get rid of carbs, I'm not going to miss those as much. I think as dairy. Yeah, not as much as cheese. Yeah. So, um, there's that. I though have been fasting since lunch on sunday whoa yeah lunch on sunday jeez you mean like completely not eating since then yeah it's like three and a half (gasps) days whoa doesn't is that you can do that without dying oh yeah. (laughs) yeah oh my god that is intense there's people that do like 30 day fasts like i just watched a video this is no shit i just watched a video this guy did a 100 day water fast which means he only consumed water for 100 days oh my heavens he weighed 285 pounds because what happens is have you heard keto or ketosis or any like any of those buzzwords definitely heard of that um so fasting is a good way to get your body into ketosis and then you keep it there by just not consuming anything and you have to be careful. I mean, you have to watch your body because you don't want to slip into ketoacidosis, which is where you start getting poisoned or you really start damaging yourself. Um, but this guy weighed 285 pounds at the start of this 100-day fast, which is uh, three months-ish, right? Just over three months. Um at the end of it, at his reveal of the hundred day fast, he weighed two hundred and five pounds. Wow! He that's, lost eighty pounds. Yeah, in it's like three a small months. Person. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, a kid, a kid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and there's no way that's just water weight, right? Uh, nobody no. <laughs> carries around eighty pounds of water weight on them, particularly if you're only consuming water (laughs) yeah and and so uh and and that's the other thing too like i've been drinking a gallon of water a day and i've lost from monday no yeah yeah from 
my way i because i just got on the scale from monday to tuesday and i was down four pounds oh which now arguably i'm that's not weight that is water weight that i lost it's inflammation Hmm. is what i lost um Uh. i was telling ash um one thing i have noticed from because i was doing like one day fasts before like a couple times i had done that where i just wouldn't eat for a day just to see what would happen and i would be like the next day i would feel amazing until i ate again and then i would feel like crap and uh i we're so you're getting tons of snow it's like almost 60 degrees here right now and we actually have a flood warning going on in dayton (laughs) right now isn't that stupid like (laughs) it's from rain or from melting from rain from rain it's been raining for two days straight here basically um and uh so what was i saying i'm really tired too so that doesn't help um so yeah it's just it just hasn't been oh i i'm raining it's been raining so much but like none of my knuckles are swollen and like my knees don't ache like they normally did before my ankles aren't swollen um I mean, there's something to be said that, that, like, I definitely have lost a lot of inflammation. Like, you can see the definition in the back of my hands. Like, you can see the tendons and stuff before, and like, and you don't, you don't even realize how, like, how inflamed you are, right? Right. right. Um, And so, if anything, it's just a nice. It's been a nice reset. I don't know how long I'm going to make it. Um, I'd like to make it seven days and do like and like kick this off with a week long fast. Uh, but I, you know, if I don't, that's no big deal. I've already made it three days. That's a long time. (laughs) You know, part of it is like for me to like, I'm, I saw this as like a breakup with food. Like I need to, I need to show myself like you, you can sit and watch YouTube and not eat constantly. You can, you know, you can do all kinds of things and not eat. So yeah. Uh, that's going pretty well. We're going to start kind of, kind of feel good. <laughs> or um, so it seems the like first, that'd be hard to feel good. So the first two days, I, I didn't feel anything really, you know, I had coffee like, uh, and I did put a little bit, we had like a, this much creamer left. And so I would split that over Monday and Tuesday so it wasn't like a total water fast, uh, but that was the only calories that I put in those two days. And then today I had, I was getting crampy. I needed electrolytes. That's something you have, you have to replenish your electrolytes when you're fasting because you pee them out. And uh, a good way that I get, ele- that I like to get electrolytes is pickle juice or pickles. So I ate a pickle today and that really helped with my cramps. Like I would, I was cramping in my sides here and like my, my legs, my like groin was cramping, which like, so I get really bad leg cramps and, uh, yeah, but pickle juice or a pickle just like knocks them out because they're just like jam packed with so much salt and electrolytes and all that good stuff. So, um, I feel those first two days, I didn't feel really anything other than like, like. I would think about food. It would be good. Like, oh, I should eat something. No, don't eat anything. Like, you're fine. And so uh, I was surprised at how 
I haven't been very irritable. That really, that I think that's been a huge takeaway too, is like maybe because I felt so bad, like because I just ate so much shit all the time and that made me feel terrible. I didn't know it was making me feel terrible because I just always felt like that. But that could have contributed a lot to my mood because I have not. And Ash and I have had some pretty hard conversations um, in the last couple of days. And I wasn't like my normal self were just ready to fly off on the handle. Like I could actually have conversations, which was really good. Um, so that was fine. But you get a point like there is a point that you can. Uh, you just start like shitting through a screen, even though you're not eating anything. And so today, <laughs> and they, and, and if you're doing keto, they, there, you can get what's called, uh, they call it keto flu where it's just your body is like really deplenished of electrolytes and stuff like that. And so you actually can have like flu like symptoms like diarrhea and nausea and, uh, fever sweats, like not actual fevers, but like, you'll just break out in a sweat, like a fever just broke. Um, all those things, and it's just your body switching over from burning carbs to burning fat. And it's like if you can make it past that keto flu stage, everybody's like, you'll feel like a like all of a sudden you'll just your energy will just be through the roof because what's happening is your body's using fat, your stored fat for energy instead of carbohydrates, which is good. So, uh, yeah, the, I. I did not, this is like way TMI, but I didn't shit yesterday or Monday, but I did today. <laughs> that must have been amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cause the, cause the, um, well that keto flu hit. So it was just like, Oh, it was awful. Not, I mean it. Yeah, it was awful. No, it was awful. Uh, so Ugh. I told Ash, I was like, I can't, I don't want to stop today. I was really close to the breaking point. Uh, I should yeah, not I feel have, like sick like that. Must yeah. Be awful. And then the, you know, problem. Pooping. It's yeah. Terrible. Uh, and I have to, I told her, I was like, if I quit right now, I'll never do this again because I'll, I stopped when it was like the worst. Mm. Um, so I need to push through at least one more day just to feel like, to see if I start to get past this like flu stage. Um, and see if I actually do start to feel great. And then you never know. I could keep rolling with it. So, um, Do you still feel kind of bad like that? Or has that already started to pass? Um, I don't have any headaches or anything like that. I've been pounding water. Um, I'm a little nauseous. Uh, I have a really weird taste in the back of my throat hmm. that I don't know what that is. And then because uh, I haven't eaten anything water and a pickle uh and then uh i'm sure the next time that i do poop it will continue to not be pleasant uh, <laughs> so i mean but other than that uh <laughs> you know other than that uh, yeah that's uh <laughs> yeah um no but i just want to report back and i think that the you know part of this is is part of the sharing is the accountability piece of that is like, if I share the more I share, you know, I, I, I'm down 20 pounds. So that's good. Um, it not is, from, just yeah. since I started, I'm just saying like, 
for my biggest that I measured myself and found, I definitely I am down 20 pounds from that. So just keep moving in the right direction. Yeah. And trying stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. Trying stuff. So, um, need to get, What's... Oh, oh, go, sorry, ahead. go ahead. Well, uh, I was going to just ask if there was a, a kind of a next step to when you like do start eating get, again, if there's a, a particular approach that you're going to try. Well, my purpose of doing this is so that because it doesn't matter what food I eat now, like when I, whenever I do end up stopping this, it's going to taste good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, cause I've like, <laughs> yeah. I, I've reset my palate. I've like uh, reset my appetite, a lot of things. So, um, my plan is to do like a time restricted eating window like Ash does, um, which we're doing nine to nine to three or nine to four, I think nine mm-hmm. to four. Uh, so we can just eat at work which means we can't just shove food in our face for six, for six hours. We, right. you know, have other work to do, but we can eat in that window. And then um, it really frees up our evenings. Cause we're not like, it's just amazing how much of our time as in this society mm-hmm. is spent around consuming, you know, like consuming yeah, food, everything and food, well, food but yeah, yeah. Everything, yeah, everything. And then if you could, and then, we stack that all up. It's like, you know, we're consuming media while we're consuming 7,000 calories, you know, and yeah, yeah, all that. And, uh, yeah, it's weird. So the plan is I, I was talking to Ash. I don't really have a solid plan on what I want to do. Um, cause this was more of a psychological fast than it was to, I mean, the benefits are great. It's great that my inflammation is all down and, I obviously have some aversion to something mm. that I, that, you know, whether I don't know if it's, um, like a gluten intolerance or it could be a, di- like, I could be lactose intolerant, you know? Uh, yeah. And I don't not know if you have told me or I heard somewhere like we're all kind of lactose intolerant yeah. or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And well, I mean, here. and that's, you know, that's made for babies, technically. Yeah, you know, yeah. we we should move past that into into other foods, I guess. So, um, yeah. So we're kind of trying like a modified paleo a little bit, where it's just like good proteins, good fats, grains, stuff. Not grains. I don't. Is grains in in our thing? I don't know. I can't remember. Um, probably not grains. And some fruits, like as much vegetables as we want to eat, some protein, some fat, some fruit. And the whole trick with the fruit is we eat the fruit first thing in the morning, and then we wait like 20 minutes before we eat anything else to give our body a chance to, because your stomach processes a lot of the sugar. So to let our stomachs get a chance to get that sugar out of the way, because the thing that we're following is like, don't combine protein and fats or don't combine carbs and fats or something like that. Like there's a certain thing like these macros, don't put these macros together Hmm. because it'll translate to fat. So, uh, yeah, we bought a, uh, I I don't want to plug it yet because I haven't started Mm -hmm. it yet. 
but we and I never and I was so against this kind of stuff. But we bought an exercise regiment. Um, so we've been watching. It's like a whole program, and we've been watching. Will JCVD's workout? <laughs> yes. No. Uh, uh, it is available anymore. <laughs> it is. Uh, um, it is. Uh, oh, jeez. It is. Uh, it seems to be really good. I mean, I'm, I'm still not going to spoil. It. I want to start because I don't want to plug it and then, you know, three months from now, just be like, yeah, that's bullshit. That thing was bullshit. Um, and I'm doing this now. So. I want to, we're watching the exercises, like we're previewing them, we're following the program and uh, hmm. just adding some activity and of course, drastically changing how we're eating. Eat less, exercise more, don't die before 40 or yeah, before 50 right. or whatever, you know, <laughs> Yeah. or before 40. So that last one is a good motivator. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Jesus, man, I was almost 500 pounds. That's ridiculous. I don't know. Like, that's just ridiculous. Uh, 38 years old. I look like I'm 55. I walk like an old man. I move like an old man. I need things to like climb stairs. Like it's hard to shower. Uh, yeah. So I, you, you gotta make And I'm choosing like, and I, and when, when I look at all that and it's like, I'm choosing triples from McDonald's and, 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 midnight pizzas like those mm. are more important than being able to walk upstairs without looking like an old man or to be able to wash your balls without like <laughs> holding your belly out of the way you know what i mean like jesus that's like where the fuck are my priorities you know so yeah well it reminds me of the unfuck yourself uh thing about willingness or like what you are and aren't willing to do yeah and it's like that there's not like a wrong answer to that for for like everybody there's what what you are willing or unwilling to accept and at a certain time in your life that and usually that that can be a great catalyst for change so yeah. that, that sounded like what you're yeah yeah and it, and it and it just gets the gets to that point and it's like I don't know. I just kind of came to this where it's like, do you want to die at 40? That's why I put that in there. It's like, do you want to die at 40? Like, do you want to live on? Um, is this because you're just you're just going to eat yourself to death. You're going to eat yourself and unexercise yourself to death. And it might not be by 40. It could be 50. It could be 60, whatever. But you're going to do it. You're, you know, and. I don't want to, you know, I want to move on. I want to carry on. I want to like do things. Of course, I want to be a better person. I feel like that's a journey that, that if you can just say you work every day, not even every day, cause some, you know, everybody needs a day off, but it's like, if you're just, if you're just <laughs> averaging out that you're trying to be better yourself, uh, that, I mean, you can't fault anybody yet for that. You can't, you're just trying to be a better person on average regularly. Like, okay. Um, so I don't want to die by the time I'm 40. I don't want to die by the time I'm 50. I want to, I want to carry on. I want to try to establish some kind of legacy. Uh, so God damn, it just sucks. The realization that sucks is, is like, I'm, I'm going to walk around in a, in a, 
what I would consider being a big person who has never really experienced hunger, right? Uh, it's a huge epiphany to walk around to realize if I want to be healthy, that might mean that there's a, a, I maintain a certain level of hunger at all times, you know, like where a, a guy at work, I, I had thought that. And then a guy at work said that cause he had lost a bunch of weight too. And he's like, yeah, I, I basically just live in a constant state of hunger. Like I'm, I'm, I'm basically just keeping myself from being hangry, you know? And I'm just oh, like, no. And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, that sounds miserable. Like, who would want to live like that? Uh, uh, but what, the, the, the trick <laughs> to that is, is like you can't. So that sounds like a huge compromise, right? But then I, then I thought about it more and I'm like, so my idea of feeling full, like if you read papers on losing weight or any of that thing, my idea of feeling full is what you should never do. You know, like my idea of I'm satisfied when I'm uncomfortable, like where mm -hmm. I'm so full, like I just want to sit and watch YouTube, binge YouTube for four hours because I've eaten so much. That's what I consider. Like I've eaten a good meal and now I'm full. And that is how I got to where I am now. And so um, this idea of I'm in a constant state of, of, of just above hangry. I'm sure there are times where that guy treats himself to a triple from McDonald's or a, um, you know, a nice dinner or a, a big, huge steak or, or a bit night of binge drinking with his friends. Mm -hmm. But it's all that time, all that time of him saying, listen, I'm living in this state of uncomfort so that I can really enjoy those, those moments will mean so much more, I think. Well, and who knows how he's going about it necessarily. Sure. I mean, sure. You, uh, I think you could probably find some sort of just a better way for, yeah. for yourself. Um, I was trying to think, figure out a way. So there's that book um, I read a couple of years ago called designing your life. I've been meaning to bring it up again. Uh, it's by Bill Burnett and Dave Evans, uh, these guys. And it's basically like it, it applies like design theory, you know, basically I wish I could. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, I, I can't find anything quick, but it, it, best I can remember, it applies design theory to like how you can build the life that you want. Okay. And a lot of it has to do with like trying stuff. Yeah. And and then tweaking it like you would a design like a, a design, you know, like you did our yeah. logo or whatever. Yeah. But um, and kind of going about things systematically. And uh, and I thought about that in terms of your uh, your Palmer by design website and your desire to to blog and stuff. And it reminded me of this. I of all the things that that could mean Palmer by design. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in terms of all the physical things that you're you're making and stuff. But um, as a as a hub for your your sort of sharing and motivating uh, journaling, really, it sounds in some ways like blogging or whatever. Yeah, um, it does sound like you're applying some of that idea, you know, intuitively to design a better future for yourself and a better present. Really, <laughs> it's like all yeah. the day to day 
stuff. I mean, you're doing some hard, um, really hard things to get some of that jumpstart that, but, uh, I don't know. I hope I won't have to be, I, I feel better I feel than like I did on Sunday. Like, you know what I mean? That's great. You yeah. Know? So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely feel rewards from the sacrifice and it's just trying to win. It's just trying to acknowledge those small victories and just keep your eye on the prize, you know, extra yeah. eat less yeah. exercise more. Don't die before 40. That's so. a, that's a powerful mantra. It sounds yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, so that's that's basically we've been doing that this week. That's intense. <laughs> really uh, intense. Works going in surprisingly good spirits for that to be what you've been tr- trudging through. It's, yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I feel thanks. I feel. Um, I, I that's the other thing too. Like I'm, I'm in a good mood. Like I feel like I'm in a good mood. I, I have yelled. It's not like I haven't yelled. I have gotten angry. Uh, but it's not anything like it was before. And it's, and so, hmm. cause I told Ash, I said, so we're going to make some drastic changes. Um, and leading up to it, we really were ramping up like bad eating habits and bad, like just bad habits in general. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, the one thing I want to do during this time where we're just basically being hedonists as far as eating goes um i just want just take time after we after we do we eat something terrible just take the time to think about how you feel an hour or four hours or the next day like just and cognitive like burn that feeling into like into your memory like you can remember how great that food was but you got to attach to it like how you felt the next day or how you know when you're in your shitting your brains out remember that like oh man i ate that awesome thing but this is what i gotta do to get it and then i guess that's coming back to that unfuck yourself like then you gotta ask yourself is that worth it you know yeah um and so now it's it's just a matter of let's just be, let's just take some time and like, see how we're feeling. I think that self reflect it's all always back to that self-reflection piece where you just take, you mentally step out of yourself to observe yourself and say, wait the fucking second. Like what, like the, yeah. why, like let's piece these together so that you, I, I know like maybe my temper, maybe, like, maybe my, my problem with that, really is because i'm fucking miserable because of what i'm shoving in my face like i think it's making me feel better i'm using it to cope with all this shit and then that is literally a vicious cycle then at that point if it's what's making me feel that way you know so yeah i I encourage you to do some kind of um journaling or blogging or whatever or vlogging whatever's easiest whatever will actually make it happen yeah i find um i've just heard that in various ways over the years like to put something in writing is powerful and i and i've been doing certain kind of like bullet journaling for years i didn't really think of it as journaling until kind of more recently but um even uh jacko told me one time that a wise man once told him to keep a journal and you know, and read it from time to time and you'll find the answers. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, um, I, I started to experience, I mean, I experienced enough of that to where, um, 
I'll try to pull some of it. I actually have some of it up because I've been working on my goal stuff and I've been actually taking a lot of time to go through the journal, like by 2018 to start from there. And that took a while to kind of document and stuff, but it was really interesting. And um, yeah, some of the stuff that I wrote down and actually in this designing, in the designing your life book, that there's a, there is a certain amount of, it's like a work it takes a while to get through it because you kind of have, to, it's like a workbook. Yeah. I have one of those. I have something similar. Oh yeah. Yes. I remember is you mentioned thing, that this, this is well, and this is for like mental stuff, but it's, uh, this is oh, a, yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's, this is for, um, it sounds terrible when you start to, when you hear like what came behind it, it's, it's the dialectical behavior therapy skills workbook and practical, uh, DBT, which is dialectical behavior therapy, practical DBT exercises for learning mindfulness, interpersonal effectiveness, emotion regulation, and distress tolerance, which are all the things that I have problems with, you know? Yeah. Is that what dialectical or is dialectical the uh, the approach somehow? Yeah, I believe so. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so I, yeah, so no, I can totally get behind that workbook thing and see how, because again, it's just like adding tools to that tool bag to n not be a dick, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, but it like I had to write some things down. Down, and what I end up doing, I it's not truly a workbook. I just kind of made it into one, and then I scanned the pages that I thought thought would be useful to me later. But I was looking at some of it to see if it'd be worth sharing this with you to pick and choose, really for your I don't know in any way you want. But um, it's interesting. It basically starts with a kind of an inventory. Uh, it asks you certain questions, and then gets at. It really just actually define certain things, and it looks like certain areas of your life that were pretty similar to the ones that you outlined in your in your goal diagram yeah. and stuff. So, uh, but it, it, one of them, the first one I saw, this one made me think of as a writing down, and it seems like I have my goal stuff in a different account that I'm logged in. So I'll just look at this one. Did you want to open your beer? You said that an hour oh, ago. Oh yeah. Here. Yeah. Let me let me open my beer and yeah. get. I'm guessing you're not having a beer. <laughs> I uh, I was going to bring up like a vodka on the rocks or something just to kind of sip at. Um, but I told Ash, well, first off, we don't have any more vodka. Um, but I said, if I go up there with three fingers of vodka on the rocks, you're going to come down in the morning and you're going to see a vodka with two fingers still left in it because I will make it through the first finger without it. Cause there's nothing in here in yeah. my stomach and I will be passed out on the living room floor surrounded by cousin Vinny's boxes. And yeah. <laughs> uh, I said, I'm just not, it's a good thing. We don't have any vodka. So I, I, I'm going to open, I, I'm going to open the, uh, I'll open my water bottle. You water. Okay. We'll open this and I'll yeah. get back. Grab your beverage of choice, Long Walkers. Sorry, it took so long. It took us like four, 50 minutes to get to the... It's all right. Palmer's been fasting. Yeah. <laughs> and that was cool to hear about. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's do on three. On three. What kind and... of noise you can make it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On three and... Three. I yeah, did it. hear it. Yeah, did it. <laughs> there it goes. Yeah, nicely done. The beer that I got last week... Um, 
I didn't know, like I purposely didn't get something like dragon's milk or something or that yeah. there was something I was excited about, but it had like 12% alcohol. And I was like, that's not a good idea. So dragon's I didn't milk get that. Delicious. Yeah. I had that uh, in Des Moines for uh last Jedi, but this was something else. It was something, but I didn't get, it. I'm glad I didn't get it. Cause it would have been bad news, but whatever I did get turned into be, it didn't have a printed however much, but it was like less money. And so I thought that it would be less alcohol. I think it was less alcohol, but yeah. it's still more than I bargained for. Oh, geez. So even though I only had that and uh, what a, something I don't you know when I was editing, I was like, oh man, well shit, not even just the editing. Like I, I finished, I didn't drink more after I was done, but I ate everything. Yeah. <laughs> and the, so I, I totally relate to that. Yeah. To that. And I was also thinking, cause you had mentioned, uh, you know, doing some events or whatever, or like doing social things that don't revolve around eating or drinking. Yeah. We could yeah. totally have, uh, even however you move forward, totally have like, um, you know, whether it's most all episodes, I don't know. Yeah. It's not an important thing for me to have uh beer during this. I mean, I, I hadn't previously quit sort of anything until last year. I didn't completely stop drinking, but I, it was difficult for me to make uh, a shift to having a lot less alcohol and yeah. a lot of it had to do well it had to do with like feeling sick after like these shows like i would be having so much fun and keep drinking or whatever and and feel terrible the next day i was feeling terrible at work it was like in well here i'll, I'll read the i'm gonna take a sip though oh nice cheers everybody but yeah, cheers so there is um i did make that that change oh man this document is unwieldy <laughs> what were you happy about i spent a lot of time like looking back over those like what was i happy about and i kind of made these lists um may i made a list of the or i made this one day i want happy happy to repeat i realized at the end of this one day that it's like i wouldn't mind this being like a day it, it wasn't like the best day ever in fact parts of it had some conflict and stuff but ultimately yeah. it was just before i went to bed i was like you know this would be, you know, a good, I wouldn't mind repeating this day. What a great, oh, okay. that's, oh, ahead, that, that, no, that's great. That is awesome. Uh, what, uh, to, thank you. To just, <laughs> to have that realization. I don't think, I mean, I'm sure there are days that if I would have even thought of that maybe, but yeah, there's just not days. It, there's not very many days that I can think of where I would want to re relive them, you know, cause I just think of life like just like marching forward. So that that idea yeah. of that never even crossed my head. And wow, that's really like that's really really poignant. I think that's good. It's yeah. worth thinking about. Yeah, I mean, I can't say it occurred to me another time, and I don't know what it was. Well, I mean, I've really been working. <laughs> well, one of the, I I was looking back over my therapy notes. I keep detailed therapy notes and stuff, and I one of them was. Uh, well, not super detailed, but I write things down during and I type them up after and uh, measure how I'm, I don't know. I do, Anyway, I write a lot of stuff down and I find it's been helpful in trying to get better uh, in life, uh, feel better, etc. But <laughs> my therapist said, she goes, you're overachieving at therapy. And I go, well, yeah, but I'm underachieving at life. <laughs> <laughs> I was pleased with that. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> what I meant. Um, well, the thing though about the, the day to repeat, uh, so yeah, uh, that's what I was gonna say. Working hard, like my therapist would be nice to tell me, like I work really hard in therapy, and I was like, well, that's nice of you to say. 
<laughs> and I guess I kind of do, but sometimes it's that thing where you really only are doing the quote unquote work while you're there. <laughs> right. Right. I was like, she's like, but that's something. I was like, all right, thanks. But <laughs> anyway, so I've been, tr- I have been trying a lot of different things, right. And taking a lot of different things to try to feel better and stuff. And one of the things that I was happiest about uh, last year was that I did do so many things to help myself. Um, but it was, a it's one, two, three, four, five, six, like seven different things, <laughs> like completely. There was, it was wow. a lot of things like no wonder some shit finally worked. But the main thing I, oh, but so the, the, the day you like to repeat was something I adapted from something else, like something that I don't think would work for me. <laughs> um, and something I ultimately didn't even get, but this, so one of the podcasts I like to listen to is called the fighter and the kid. It's come up. I know like Logan listens, I think maybe pumps pumps is still alive yeah logan logan said he's <laughs> going to be come on the next episode he's he, maybe he, he can yeah. talk about yeah that. That's right. hopefully sorry he had canceled last week. yeah <laughs> um but uh that podcast is like a, an ex college football player mma fighter and a comedian <laughs> who wow who likes who's like kind of fancies himself intellectual but really just wants to have been a fighter and <laughs> 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 um and he's much older than the other guy, but it's like just completely just like bros. All they talk about is dicks and stuff. It's just it's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't even know what it is I like about it so much. I came to it through the the comedian Brian Callen, who's on the show, and but I really enjoy it. Like I listen twice a week, but it's just it is in some ways something I really relate to, but also just don't some of it. And they they use a lot of like they advertise these supplemental products from something called on it this dude aubrey marcus i don't know a lot about it except for uh, i don't know a lot about it but he wrote this book and uh i can't remember what it's called but the gist of it was to build a day that you'd want to repeat and it had much more to do with like it's it would not be the day that I detailed. I'll just say yeah, that. Yeah. It was a kind of a completely different thing. And it was like I thought about getting the book and I love the idea of it, but I just I, I looked at it just a little bit enough to know me like, ah, I don't think this I don't think this will resonate enough with me for to make this investment. I've been doing all this other stuff. Like I just clocked it in the back of my head. And then I had this day that that I was like, you know, I was all right. <laughs> so, yeah. uh so I, I made note of it and detailed it before i went to bed but awesome okay so this this last thing i wanted to tell you about the the kind of power of writing things down that i experienced was um in mm, june of last year on wednesday june 6th i wrote i wrote uh it says last in parentheses first (laughs) gotta change alcohol habits decision (laughs) it was the day like I don't even know if I necessarily felt like I had drank so much on this during this session or whatever, but I was, yeah, basically hung over like at work at this conference and I was just like, Oh, this, I can't, this can't be what yeah. I do. <laughs> yep. So I remember making that decision that day that I really had to change from say drinking, like my goals at that time, which I was writing down was to basically, I seemed like to have two or three days a week where I didn't have any alcohol. So I, I can't even remember like realistically like what I, how much I would have other than I would have like cup, like a bottle of wine, probably two, maybe even three days on a weekend. Um, and like I would have beers while I edited, like it was paired yeah. with these activities 
So I found that to be surprisingly easy to just break away from the habit. Like once I got out of the habit of doing that, it wasn't a chore at all somehow. Yeah. So I hope that you experience that with, yeah, you just kind of create these new neural pathways, I guess, where you don't necessarily, it doesn't even occur to you after a certain point. I don't know. I was surprised by that. I thought it would be harder. Um, yeah, no. And, and well, and I mean, and I experienced some of that with, you know, quitting smoking and, yeah, uh, of course. Yeah. You quit. You've done a lot of that kind of stuff. And it's, and it's kind of, and I mean, that's my, that's my 10 minute rule for, that's how I made it through quitting smoking oh, yes. was like, you yeah. know, yeah. If you still want a cigarette this bad in 10 minutes, go buy a pack because you'll drive yourself crazy. You won't make it through the day if you don't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you find out, like, then you realize, holy shit, an hour and a half's gone by. Like, I didn't even, I didn't even think to check my watch to see if it had been ten minutes. It's like as soon as I said, as soon as I was conscious of, like, this is a, like, you no longer are addicted to nicotine. So what you are fighting right now is a mental habit. So if you still want that mental habit in ten minutes, go do it. And usually your brain just like moves on because it's like, okay, you know, like, cause you're going to think of other things. You're doing other things. And yeah, I think that's, um, you know, I, I, I really look at my eating is similar. Like it's still a form of addiction. I just have a really unhealthy relationship with food that I feel like fast, this fast, fasting in general um i think really helps me take control of that relationship um food is that's the other mantra ash and i share all the time is like food is fuel you know like we need to stop that's all it is that's all we're trying to do is just get enough energy to do all the other things the food should not be the experience all the time I, I, I want to be careful about that because I don't want to live the rest of my life where I'm not like I can't enjoy a good meal with friends. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like or that yeah, I can't no, if I go on if I, or if I can't if I go on vacation, say I'm going to eat whatever I want because I'm on fucking vacation. I don't I don't want to live my life where none of that ever gets to happen. But I do before those things can happen safely. I need to really get my mental stuff with food fixed um yeah which is i mean maybe that's what any any addict or any person that has an unhealthy relationship with a substance or something would is what they have to go through where you have to get that mental peace under control and like you said you realize that i think what you're uh, what you're epiphany of like this wasn't that hard is similar to like we're kind of saying the same thing where it's it's not that hard because you don't need it like you're proving like oh i didn't need i didn't need to have a beer with me to be able to edit this show i didn't need to have a bottle of wine to have a good evening yeah on friday night you know and i was like, glad i didn't feel bad that was really yeah. the motivator yeah it was like i i did not i was tired of i would lose like days where i had to go to bed early because i was just toast yep. and and 
and that still happens sometimes like i sure i have sundays are, are a day where we have like we call it wine and cheese and it is wine for me not for the bride um and then have basically like a lot of cheese and crackers and appetizers and watch some sort of show and i know at least thus far and approaching 40 like i can have a bottle of wine and it'll be throughout the course of an evening and not feel sick the next day but if i have anything else (laughs) then i will feel it and uh yeah even so that's the one thing i noticed even after i developed much better habits i would have that one thing on sundays that it wouldn't necessarily destroy me but anyway it was i still got work to do there but I guess I, I mentioned that because, yeah, I I need personally to, f- in order to keep doing something, like I need some positive reinforcement or like feel some kind of progress. And so I know for me, like for years, like I wanted to lose weight just because I, for the same reason most people do, like I didn't, couldn't wear my own clothes, didn't recognize myself, etc. And, uh, and for a long time, I would, I was like trying all these other things, trying to, th- you know, trying to eat well, exercise, all that. And it was just like, ugh, I'm not, I was like, I haven't seen any measurable results in like 20 some years. <laughs> was it, no, right. sorry, not 20 years, 10 years since I was like 25 or something like that at the time. And when I finally did this thing where I stopped dr- drinking regularly for other reasons, I did lose weight. And I, then I realized, like, oh, well, this was the missing ingredient. Like, so like, I would say all those years, even to myself and in private or whatever, like, in my head, I've tried everything. So what am I even bothering for? Um, I hadn't really, of course, right. tried everything. I hadn't done this one thing that I knew I shouldn't be doing as much as I did. But I think for me, the motivation had to come from somewhere else other than just, like, the vanity part of it. Right. I needed to want to feel better to motivate the step that ultimately resulted in weight loss. But I, for me, it was a lot about the motivation and actually I didn't even really notice the weight loss. It's one until like other people started to tell me. Sure. Um, because, but what I did notice right away is that I felt better. Right. (laughs) And so that was the positive reinforcement that I needed. So I guess I just mentioned that because it sounds like your motivation is comes from that, type of play, really powerful place that of what you are willing not willing that kind of thing and it sounds like you're already getting some positive uh feedback yeah. from your body and stuff to where uh yeah just proud of you and i can encourage you to keep going as long as it's working for you thanks buddy <laughs> um i'm yeah. one the the two things in just in response to what you said and then we can move on to fun stuff because we got our first hour of uh oh yeah yeah and i found my quote i was looking for okay before, so i'll wrap um, up with that um the talking about how you just didn't like how you felt the next day really reminded me of um the um the ebert documentary this is oh, life, 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 life itself where uh he's talking about being a drunk and said it i would still be a drunk if it weren't for hangovers and oh, he talks okay. about that's the only reason that. he went he started going to AA was because he knew he hated the hangovers. He hated feeling like shit. And that's how he stopped drinking. Uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, that's why I don't, uh, that's why I didn't drink more than I did. I would drink often, but not yeah. all that much because yeah. I hate feeling sick. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's interesting. Yeah. And that's why the bride, shall, I mean, the bride, 
when it really comes down to it, the reason she doesn't overeat or any of that kind of stuff is because she physically can't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a certain amount of willpower and stuff, but but really she's like can't her her constitution can't handle binge eating or, yeah. or drinking, so she doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, and that's I uh the talking about the comfort thing. That's I mean I am just so uncomfortable. All the, I I could care less. The vanity thing, that's what it was. I'm, I'm right there with you where like I could care less about being skinny with the six-pack. I'm not trying to impress anybody. I, I love my wife, and she loves me, and I and she loved me like this. She loved me 20 pounds ago. Um, so I, I, I don't care about trying to look good for anybody. I just want to be comfortable again. Like I want to be able to take a shower and not like, and it not be like a bell. It's so the, the, this is so things I would never thought I would ever divulge, but it's just like, I need to get them out there because it's like, yeah, to name it. To, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it, you know, the, you know, in Fantasia, have you ever seen Fantasia, the original Fantasia? I'm only vaguely aware of, you know, the it, famous scenes. It just makes me, it makes me think when I take a shower, it makes me think of the hippo ballerinas. Cause I'm, I can't, I have to constantly be rotating around because I can't fit straight on in the shower, in my shower comfortably without worrying about like, so I have to shower from the side basically. And like, and it's just this constant struggle and just, and I do take, I really am self-conscious of being like the smelly fat guy. So hygiene is like super important to me. And, uh, Cause the, I thought about that the other day too. I can trace that back, that idea of that all the way to monster squad, uh, <gasps> fat kid farted, I think is oh, what yeah. the, is like the, that scene from fat kid, I think is the, is what stuck in my craw. Like I didn't want to be the fat kid that farted, you know, I didn't want to be the smelly fat guy. And so, yeah, that's really uncomfortable for me. We had a friend of mine just had, we had a celebration and everybody was going back to their house afterwards. And I knew there were plenty of places to sleep, but I was going to have to sleep on a floor that didn't have like the same, it didn't have a bathroom on the same floor in an uncomfortable in real Like, and I didn't go, we didn't go back to their house. And because I was like, ah, we're almost we're only three minutes away from our house. I'm not going to go back there. And really, I didn't want to. I did want to go back to bed. But in addition to that, I was like, plus, I would just be miserable there. I would be miserably uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. I'm just uh, the, the that um, Andre the Giant documentary. Did I talk? I've oh, talked yeah. about on that was here. one of your. Yeah. Yeah. Top. I got to uh, check that out. He it, it, I can. The reason I think I like that so much is just because I can relate. They say over and over and over again, he lived in a world that was not built for him. And mm-hmm. Jesus, do I feel like that sometimes? It's so frustrating. Well, it's, yeah, it does. It sounds like, oh, wait. what's up, buddy? <laughs> yeah, Moto's chiming on the chat. If I had to shit, I would leave school you know, sick <laughs> you know what's so funny is i've become like i like that bidet so much that when i i will take shit breaks at work i'm close enough that i can run home on my lunch break wicked 
shit and be back before my lunch break is over. It's perfect. Uh, I love it. So I think Moto does, might do that too. Moto chime in because <laughs> his his work situation I think can allow for that sometimes. Well, yeah, I mean, especially if you're not somewhere where there's a bathroom. Don't yeah. smell my farts. Yeah, don't smell <laughs> my farts. We got a. I got it as a. I I must have told the bride I wanted it, and she told someone in her family. So I got a squatty potty. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah. I got I got Ash one of those. Those. Uh, yeah. She likes it. So yeah, I, I, mean, I don't have enough I, flexibility. I, it, I can't get my legs up. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's like a, super it's high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I think I was using it wrong at first. I understood what it was. And I, anyway, I don't get yeah. into it, but, but I found that, that you, to, to, you don't have to pull it out. You can leave it kind of pushed back and that is how you're supposed to use it. Now it's probably most effective. And that yeah. is, it's actually pretty tough. Yeah. I could imagine. Yeah. I don't have the flexibility. I don't, right I don't have the flexibility for it. So maybe someday. Uh, I, I mean, it hasn't been a game changer for me. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> I mean, get my butt cut off was a game changer. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, I bet it was. Yeah. Uh, that'd be a game changer for anybody. Let's just yeah. change this game. Let's change the subject. Let's, yes, let's get your quote and get the hell out of here. And talk about yes, the yes. Fun. Okay, so um, I think this is just kind of to speak to um, baby wipes. It's one more. That's, What's that? yeah. <laughs> but you can't flush them. That's oh, the only baby wipes. I, oh well, you get the. Come on! Even the flushable ones, you can't anymore. flush. They clog oh, shit really? up. Yep. Oh, oh I man. haven't. I haven't experienced that nightmare yet. I like travel ones too. I, if in my place of work, if they have some trouble, it might be my travel ones. But supposedly you can flush them. Well, ah, that's the way yeah, go. but if you have industrial plumbing, that's going to be fine. But like, are you guys on septic or do you have a septic yeah. system? You have a for septic like system for over five years. We have like a sub. sub oh pump. my gosh, you can't flush. You have you been flushing what? those wipes? You can't for flush like five the, oh years. Oh my gosh, you're gonna fuck your septic system up with those. Oh no. Yeah. I look into this. You better sell that house and that move up. as fast as you can. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to deal with that shit problem. Oh, oh no. That's terrifying. Yeah. All right. I'm going to look into that. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, oh, Jesus. I was just looking at this one. No, I won't read that one. Okay. We'll just stick with... Uh, so one of the things I did um, last year was... Uh, it came from the Bruce Lee podcast, uh, which Bruce Lee used to carry around these little affirmation cards in his wallet. <laughs> okay. Uh, that he would read to himself from time. Like he identified areas that he needed to kind of reaffirm and he would read them and they encouraged like they had this challenge podcast challenge to write your own and uh i think i read them once i'm not going to read the paragraphs for for any but the one that's pertinent to what we're talking about um because it's only one sentence but the ones that i identified for myself were authentic expression youthful confidence personal achievement genuine community focus honesty health harmony and happiness incidentally health harmony and happiness are probably going to be my like venn diagram type goal things all right which i don't think i necessarily i it took me a while and in this like long protracted process of evaluation to get to that same place which was kind of interesting to me or affirming for me too that like that that's a good lens to use Plus, I like the alliteration. And even the second thing has like an F alliteration. But I wanted to read the one about health because okay. it's just short. And it was like, I think, a turning point for me a couple of years ago that eventually got me to a place that I'll wrap up with. And of course, I could still improve. I mean, stuff, but whatever. So the health one was, I respect my body. 
these are affirmations. So it's like, I'm good enough, smart enough kind of thing. Yeah. Or, or kind of, you know, saying aspirationally to what you, but stating it like it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> Even though it's like how you want it to be most days. So I respect my body. I exercise more and drink less. I eat well to fuel my creative pursuits and do not gorge myself on empty calories. I think for me, the key thing there was thinking about respecting my body and really that idea that like I was losing days that I wanted to be working on stuff that I couldn't make happen. Like, yeah. Uh, Cause I was, yeah, hung over, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so anyway, so that was one of my affirmations I read for, for a, quite a while. And then, so I, in, in, so I read that June 6 was that first, last or last slash first got to change alcohol habits decision and then on uh the next week i think this was probably another bruce lee thing <laughs> but uh i wrote down my first challenge step and i didn't write i didn't do this systematically i have this bullet journal mostly on the right hand side of these notebooks but on the left hand side i would start to sometimes put other stuff and so i didn't do like a whole kind of crazy calculated thing i just happened to write the words First challenge step, June 11th, June 11th, 2018. I will get myself to the point where I'm drinking only two days a week. And when I'm doing that, here's what will be better in my life. Like this was a prompt that I think I adapted. Yeah. One, I will feel better both physically and emotionally. Two, I'll be more productive because I won't be wasting time hungover. And three, I'll lose weight like I haven't since I was 25 years old. So I wrote that down. I didn't like look at it often, but that I did. I ended up doing that. Just that. Yeah. <laughs> like I lost like 18, uh, 19 pounds. Um, anyway, so I was, that's awesome. I've, I've tried a lot of things like the, thanks. Thank you. I've tried a lot of things last few years. And for me, the drastic didn't always work. Well, until I made that, that choice, yeah. I really did make like a, a change when on that June 6th. Uh, and it wasn't like, I would falter and stuff. And I think that's important to remember as you go that like if you, and I think it was great that you said to yourself, like, I don't want to stop now because my association will be right. You know, but even, I don't know. I, I I think all small victories count. And just because something doesn't work out, doesn't mean like, fuck it forever. Like that was still a victory. You like start start again and, you know, take an either a new or slightly altered path or some shit. So anyway, uh, it's, it's a one but, more pitch for just like, whether it's writing it down, uh, you know, whatever works for you. For me, like I like to write stuff yeah. down, but the Palmer by Design blog or even just this, I, I think it's it can be really powerful to look back at like the things you put out into the world that you want for yourself yeah. and not beat and not beat yourself up if you didn't do it. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's, I don't know. So there, there we are. Oh, Spirits I totally get it. And <laughs> I, I mean, I got to uh this week was here's the here's the pivot i um i uh in between recording tonight and the last time we recorded i had intentions of putting time and getting those things off the ground but i totally got sidebarred by <clears throat> pinball oh uh, that'll do so, yeah <laughs> that's um, one of your goals though right kind of <laughs> yeah um i so, so over the course of two weeks, I sold off. I had four machines. I sold three of them. Um, and wow, I sold one to my boss. Did I talk about that the last time? 
No, well, I don't know if not. I don't know if you said to your boss or. Um, I sold one machine to my boss, and I used that money initially. Well, not initially. I used that money. Uh, so I've been trying to convince my wife to let me get. I sold a PS4 so that I could get a Nintendo Switch, and then I got bored with that. And so then I wanted to get a PS4 again because there's a bunch of great games coming out this year that I won't have time to play. I don't know why. Uh, but I took that money and I got uh, PSVR so that we could play that. That's fun. Have you seen any videos of the game Beat Saber? No, I've never even heard those words. Oh, man. Okay. So Beat Saber is this virtual reality game that you, you play while... Um, you're wearing a virtual reality helmet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you're wearing the virtual reality helmet and you're inside the game, you you remember Guitar Hero or Rock Band, either one of those. Yeah, I played right? that with you yeah. and, uh, and and Star. And Yep. And so uh, it's similar to that, but when you're in the virtual reality helmet and you're, you m- lift your hands, you're holding a red and a blue lightsaber. Oh, you know what? I have seen this yeah, because and the of where I work. At you and you have a and yeah. you have a direction that you have to swing your lightsaber in in time with the music. Yes. We have that game. It is awesome <gasps> and like oh, ridiculously wow. hard. It's so stupid it's hard? hard. Oh my gosh, is it so hard? I haven't finished a song even on easy. I haven't finished a song because like How does you, it relate to the songs. Well, the songs are like um, a lot of them are uh, they're they're not any songs you would know. They're like. Um, EDM basically. Oh, okay. And so they have a beat. Yeah, they have a lot of beats to them. And so you're hitting on the beats. And you actually ah, like okay. Like there was this one I played it like five times in a row and I kept failing on the same part. And finally I realized like I had to swing my I had to cross oh. my arms and like there like it if you <laughs> do it, exciting. you actually end up looking like you're sword fighting. It is like it's so geeky and just like That'll goddamn do. awesome uh so i got that sounds that. wonderful oh man is it so great and it, somehow that's related to the, someone's job where i work to where they were posting it like we have slack which i don't like what is that social media for work basically oh yeah okay it's supposedly you. a productivity thing but i find it like social media for work and i'm forced to like put a status in the morning which infuriates me oh this is a terrible attitude to have but so i got that's how i've seen this though is like there's this one lab that's kind of a extension of the larger organization where i work and they do cool stuff like three print 3d printing and yeah. stuff like that and that's where i saw this video because they have vr stuff and like the the girl you should totally it, go like, play it you should just i think i can that's yeah I guess that's what, what i'm I was getting yeah you should totally go play it like <laughs> just whatever awesome. you can do to get in there and play it because it is it is ridiculous how awesome it is. Um, That's great. She made it look easy. Oh, and yeah, no, I it is so fucking hard. Like, <laughs> well, but you got to understand, too, like, I'm not coordinated at all, and, like, I'm not very flexible at all, so. No martial arts training. Yeah, no martial arts training. <laughs> it, it, uh, I am not musical. Like, you might have a, a totally different time because you have a sense of rhythm because of music, you know. And, and martial arts training. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but self-taught martial arts master <laughs> movie martial arts yeah yes. movie martial arts yeah but <laughs> the bride was making fun of me because i do sometimes do the videos of karate in the garage like i just do that for myself i do share them sometimes yeah but 
A lot of times I just do them because they're really the only reason I do it is for fun and then to see the video that I am moving well. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> but, or better or something. But uh, she's like, yeah, you're great. If like, but It's like it stands still. So I'm like, yeah, <laughs> if you don't run away, duck <laughs> or whatever. And like, come at out. me one at a time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Grab my uh, arm. No, yeah. grab my other arm. <laughs> oh, but what I was thinking is that when I did do um, guitar hero or rock band with you guys, I had a tough time with it. Yeah, like it was because you were trying to play it at, like a musician, right? I guess, or or, or singing too. Like yeah. I, I think I was trying to. Sing, I don't know. So I wonder. I but but it, yeah. Like, I'm much more likely now that we've talked to give it a shot. It sounds like yeah. a lot of fun. <laughs> no, definitely try it. Uh, it makes you feel like a badass. Like even okay. even not finishing a song, not even being able to finish a song, I still feel like a badass when I play it. So I sold that machine. We bought that stuff, and then I got really got itchy because I'm like, oh, you know, I have two machines, and I really would like to swap them out for something new, and. Uh, the one pinball community website that I'm on, uh, shout out to Pinside. Uh, I saw an ad on there that somebody posted they wanted a machine that I had. And so I replied to the guy and we him hawed for a little bit and I ended up getting him pictures. And he's like, yep, this there's some things I like. There's some things I don't like. But him and his wife ended up coming down on Sunday and they bought it. And nice. when he was coming down, I was like, hey, I also have this other one. I have a Judge Dread for sale, too. And it's a home use only. It's beautiful. And he's like, uh, he's like, I already have a Judge Dread. I don't need another one. I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> uh, so as he's looking at my Revenge for Mars and like going over it, he keeps looking over his shoulder at my Judge Dread. <laughs> and like i see him looking at it and i'm like oh i'm gonna sell this table to this guy i'm gonna sell both of them to this guy i know i am i got him and so he's looking over his shoulder and he's looking at the revenge from ours he's looking at the judge dread and he's like how much you got on that judge dread how much do you are you asking for it and we ended up negotiating like so he took revenge from mars he bought that and I, we just couldn't find a number. Like we were like $200 off on the judge dread. And I was like, I'll deliver it. Like I will, will load it in my van right now. I will follow you up to your house in Michigan. We'll <laughs> unload them. And then, uh, it'll be done. And he's like, ah, that's just too, it's just too much. I, I can't, it's too much. And I'm like, okay. And so, when he let me know that they had made it back up to Michigan, I was like, Hey, listen, we're off by 200 bucks. We, we split the difference and meet me in the middle. And he's like, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> and so I had, th then I'm now I have some, I have liquidated my collection. And I said that even when I had that collection, I was like, the whole point was so that ultimately I can take all these liquidate them and get a really nice machine, like a really expensive, nice, new, something released in the last year, if not brand new machine. And uh, it just so happened that we ended up doing like a triangle, like an upside down coat hanger, basically, where we drove up to central slash western michigan and dropped off judge dread 
and then cut across 94 to a suburb of Detroit and bought a Ghostbusters pinball machine, which came out in 2016. It was it's beautiful, but it is it is absolutely it's just beautiful. It's it's it, it is it's pristine. It's in great shape. I mean, it should be. It's, you know probably has less than 500 plays on it which is really low um just a super 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 great deal and i and it didn't it was more money than i thought i would ever spend on a pinball machine but it's not like it cost us money because i had traded up and and got good deals and and flipped those other machines for profit so we were able to move it right over there um oh that's awesome and so now i have i still have that basket case um space invaders that i'm still working on and then i have now uh that ghostbusters machine which for you know i've said this a few times on the podcast that when when we were poor 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 when my mom was like a single mom my dad was in jail we were living in the villas in ritman which for anybody that's not from ritman that's essentially the projects is government assisted housing we didn't have any money. My mom made like three twenty-five an hour as a secretary back in the mid '80s, and that was it. But we had my mom had borrowed this is, and I learned this from my mom. This is why you don't loan me anything. She had borrowed movies from one of her friends, and we just never gave them back. Um, <laughs> so I, I think it was like one of those. One of Sinbad those. Sinbad lives with me now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Double D he lives with me now. Uh, it was, I think it was like a Columbia house deal. This friend had, you know, but they let us borrow these two movies and it was a VHS copy. We, so for years, the only two actual legitimate movies on VHS that we had that weren't recorded off of the TV was ghostbusters and stand by me. And I can't tell you how many times I watched both of those movies just because that's all that was there you know and so i kind of have that connection to ghostbusters and it's definitely it, it's not like aliens or star wars or anything where you know it's in my it's part of my zeitgeist where it's just prevalent everywhere or i talk about it all the time but it does have a spot for me and so they have ernie hudson they hired ernie hudson he does all the call outs on the machine and oh, so that's our boyfriend the bride and yeah. i ran into him in minnesota and he is devastatingly handsome as no, like i believe that i dude. believe that uh shockingly so uh he but he's like he talks so the whole point of the game is like you're a new ghostbuster that's joining the team and so like when you hit start uh. he's like welcome aboard rookie and like he's and like get the extra ball and like he so he does all the pinball the new recordings they have they still have clips from the movies um good parts from ghostbusters 2 but a lot of the stuff is from ghostbusters 1 there's like bill murray out of nowhere is like it's true this man has no dick are you like have you seen <laughs> have you seen ghostbusters like not you know, uh, yeah i don't know not in a very long time i don't remember it I could watch that and it'd be really fresh, I think, for me. Yeah. That's, that sounds actually yeah. pretty. Oh, man, you should totally do that. That sounds great, yeah. actually. I haven't seen that in a while. 
Um, I was at a long walk, short drink. Remembers. Oh, we should do that. Do <laughs> Ghostbusters. Yeah. We could do yeah. Ghostbusters and Stand by Me. You could read. Oh, read the body, great. and we'll do it. Yeah, and we'll do a, a back yes. to back. Yeah, deal. Okay, that's coming up. I haven't. I haven't got to the body yet, but I'll. Okay. I'll, uh, yeah, but when when cool. we get to that point, that's what we'll I'll do. Give you a heads up. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um. So, uh, it's it's an amazing machine, but it is devastatingly hard. I mean, it's like. It's so demoralizing. It's so hard. Like, and like, even in the ping, pinball community, it's known for being a, a, a really hard machine. Um, yeah, it just is. There's, there's, there's about 12 shots that if you don't hit them just right, it will instantly drain your ball. It just ricochets right back into the drain. Right. I misheard you. What'd you say? Uh, <laughs> It'll, if uh, this, this shot will instantly drain your balls, drain the ball. Yeah. Drain, like, well, Send the ball right into the drain. Uh, but yes, that is. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. It sounded so hot when you said it the first time. <laughs> um, yeah, no. But uh, is it fun, though? Or is it oh, too yeah, hard no, to be it, fun? It, it, is, it is fun. You have to like pinball. I can totally understand why it's not people's thing. Uh, m- the games are designed to eat money. That's what they're designed for. And, and so... It's really the the average game for the average person that comes over is probably going to last like two minutes. And I can understand why that's not fun. It's flashy. It's overwhelming. You don't get to spend a lot of time with it to really dissect the rules and what's going on. Uh, I, I get it. Um, but there's just something about it that is fun for me. I, I love breaking. And it is a really deep rule set. Like I have not really figured out exact like all of the ways to earn points on the machine. And it has a story to it. Like there's a progress that you're supposed to do. Um, yeah, but there's like, there's great, like there's Rick Moranis call outs and there's, um, well, we got it. Did, did you write that letter to Rick no. Moranis and you just got to read it? Oh, okay. No, I, gotta, I just want to make sure it. it wasn't, it wasn't like around someplace. No, no, no. It's in my Perhaps head. It's in my Ghostbusters head. the Ghostbusters episode would be the time. Oh, that would be Wait, great. Yeah. He's in the first one, right? Yeah. He's in both. Okay. Uh, he is in both of them. Yeah. He's in both of them. Okay. Yeah. That'll be a good thing to check off the old list. Plus so, yeah. I, I'm so, sure everyone wants to hear. So, that took up. I was really, like, really focused. Because that happened a week ago, Sunday. All that happened. I sold Revenge for Mars. Found out I was going to sell Judge Dredd to that guy. Called the guy about Ghostbusters, and he said he would take it. So then I had to wait a week because we couldn't get up there again until the following Sunday to Michigan. So it was like a week of anticipation and like really. And the guy who I was buying Ghostbusters from like said that he had had a couple offers already, but he would commit to me if I, if, you know, at at a certain price and I did and, and I got a good deal on it. And, uh, he, I really could not get him to talk to me. Like I kept saying, like, can I just talk? Like, can just so I, I told Ash, I was like, I'm not going to feel okay until we're driving back from Michigan and it's in the van. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to feel like, Oh my gosh, this is a done deal until that happens. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, we had a really nice adventure. We, you know, so we got up while the guy was working on the, uh, this is the last story I'll tell. And then we can move on. Yeah. (laughs) Long, long, short drink. Right. Uh, I don't know. Hurry. (laughs) So 
the when the guy was down looking at my revenge for Mars, like I'm 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 explaining some stuff to him and and he's being really coy, like super coy. And I should have caught on. And uh, as I said, do you have any machines? He's like, yeah, I got a few. And Ash asked the wife, the, his wife, the same question, and she gave kind of the same answer. Oh yeah, we have a few. And uh, so we get. They ended up being really nice people and him and I really kind of, we had been exchanging emails back and forth for the whole week. He even said, he's like, I've never done a deal with, with such open communication. And I really appreciate that. Like it really was nice doing business with you. And, uh, when when it was all said and done and like after the fact, you know, and, uh, and so we got up to his house in Michigan and really, you know, he's super nice and. We unload judge. He's like, just put it here in the garage. I'll get it downstairs later. And uh, I'm like, okay. And so he's like, you want to come in the house? And I'm like, sure. So we go in and he's like, well, here, let me show you my wife's. Cause they had told us their son moved out. So they were, they were just recently empty nesters in the last couple of years. And she said, you know, he gets his pinball and he's had his pinball and that's fine. But I always told him I wanted a library, so we converted our son's bedroom into uh, a, I library. Want a library too. Yeah, converted. I'm so in for this story. <laughs> our 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 son's room into a library. So he's like, "Well, come in, and because uh, my wife wants to show you the library, and you got to see the collection, my collection, and everything." And I'm like, "Okay." And so I was like, "We were on a really tight schedule," and so we go in, and he uh, he takes me down he takes us down the hallway and there's a the hallway ends and there's a bookcase at the end of the hallway and he's like you so this is my wife's library and like you're looking at this one bookcase and you're like oh wow awesome and he's like he's like yep and he grabs one of the books and rocks it and the bookcase swings into a room like it was a hidden room oh, like oh my god and like <laughs> it was like uh, crazy that might be the coolest thing yeah. I've ever heard in real life. And so he, it, it, like, because it was a joke. He's like, "This is her library." Like she said, she always wanted a library, and this is what she got. It was one bookcase in their hallway, but it literally was a room behind that bookcase, oh. and it's this big double room. It, they said it was two rooms that they knocked the wall down in between and turned it into one giant room, and it was, it was all lined all the walls floor to ceiling shelves all full of books all kinds of books and i'm scanning around the room and i get to this one bookcase and it's all king like all king and i'm like are you kidding me she's like yeah she's and she's telling me she saw him speak twice she won an autographed copy of um Sleeping Beauties, the one he wrote with Owen, and uh, yeah. and uh, so she gave that to her younger, her youngest sister, and her youngest sister. The next book talk they won to, she won the autographed copy of some other one of his books, and so she gave that one to her. And she had first editions. She had all the Dark Towers put like all lined up. I'm like, <laughs> Ash, Ash is like, he is a gigantic oh, Stephen God. King fan. And I was like, like Dark Tower is my favorite. Yeah. I showed her my tattoo. She's like, oh, that's awesome. And like we talked Stephen King for like like another like 10 minutes then. Oh. So this library is fantastic. She's like in, you know, and it looks really great. 
And then she goes over to another bookcase and they just like touch it and it swings out. That bookcase swings out and there's a whole closet for storage behind that bookcase. I'm like, Jesus. I'm like, this is amazing. So then, so we're coming out of the library. That's already mind blowing. We're coming out of the library and he's like, well, I have some of my older machines are up here on the, on the, and this is a very nondescript ranch house. It's not, not huge. It's not anything. Right. And so he, he's like, I have my older machines are on this main floor. So here, let me show you those. He takes me out. Bally was a, is a huge, was one of the biggest pinball manufacturers, right? He's like, this is the first machine Bally ever made. And it's, it, it, it's literally a machine. That's how pinball got it. Pinball got its name because it was, it had evolved, it evolved from this, uh, these games that used to sit on that were, would be in bars or whatever that, would sit on tabletops and you would flick a ball, you know, you know, like Plinko or, you know, those old school little like cardboard backed plastic pinball things that you would like flick a ball and there'd be little cups to catch the ball. And if you caught like little plastic scoops, like use, and if you could get the silver ball to land in that, you, you'd get whatever points were in there. Right. So uh, that those were what original pinball machines were. And instead of those scoops being made out of plastic, it would be pins nailed in to form that U. And that's why they're called pinballs because those pins would make the little scoops. Right. And that that's what this was. It's, I don't even know how like 19, like early, early 1900s, and it's called Bally something and that the company Bally was named after this machine. He had the first one of those. He had the first machine that uh, Gottlieb made, which was another one of those, all these antique pinball. I'm like, Whoa. Jesus. <laughs> He's like, well, let's go downstairs and you can see the rest of the collection. And he opens the, he opens the basement door and going down the stairs, the walls and ceiling are lined with, back glasses and trans lights and i'm and i see all that and i'm like this is he could have a business just on these back glasses like there's money there's thousands of dollars in back glasses and trans lights that he's using for decoration (laughs) right oh my god and so instantly i put my hands in my pockets because i'm like (laughs) don't touch anything (laughs) And so we go downstairs and I turn the corner and the dude had over 75 pinball machines. Like he, like a, a full length basement, like a, of a ranch style house all the way down the one wall, the length of the house pinball machines lined up. And then like this facing this way and then a whole nother row that matched it all the way down this way all the way a whole second two rows just like that like on the other side of his basement that was only half the basement the other half then had another his ceiling he had he had drop a drop ceiling in his basement but instead of drop ceiling tiles they were pinned they were 
pinball play fields with all the pieces taken off of them, just like the wooden board. I was like, I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, you could do a business just on those play fields. He's like, oh yeah. He's like, if I see somebody needs one for sale, I'll sell and I have it. I'll pull it down off the ceiling, sell it to him. And then I, I have a whole room full of those. I'll just put another one up. <laughs> he's like, so we get to talking and he's, he, he says, I have meticulously kept track of this my the entire time that I've done it. And he said 650 machines have passed through me. Like I like I've I've bought and sold and traded and 650 machines. I'm like, that is very impressive. And he's like, yep. <laughs> yeah. And he said, and I've kept a spreadsheet to track what I spend and what I get on all of them. And he said, and he like opens his arms and he points to the whole basement. And he's like, all of this paid for itself six years ago. So I've just been making profit off of it since then. And, uh, I'm like, that is, that's awesome. And, uh, he's like, yeah, he's like, it's, you know, it just takes time. You just gotta be patient. He's like, you're doing great. Just keep this. Keep doing what you're doing, and you're gonna do fine. He's like, you'll be here someday. Like, he oh. had so many. Like, I'm walking down the aisles, and I'm looking at these machines, and I'm pointing to them, and I'm just like, that one's worth five thousand. That one's worth eight. That one's worth you know six, four. I'm like, babe, just these right here. That's twenty grand in machines just sitting oh, like. Man. And he puts his arms out, and he's like, and all of it's for sale. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um whoa yeah it was it was super impressive he had this pinball machine it's called big bang bar it was the last machine it was the last one that i saw i never thought i would ever see one in person and then i got to play it like it was <laughs> they only initially there was only a handful of them it, it's a capcom pinball machine and Capcom closed its pinball division while that machine was in production. So there was only a, like a small amount of them that made it out into the wild. If you can run across those machines, there's actually on Pinside, there was one for sale that was new in box. Somebody had discovered it in the box and it's $30,000 for that pinball machine. Oh, Jesus. So the, the, he, the designer of that game, in the early 2000s at a pinball convention said i have all the molds i have i have the production line set up i'm going to do a small run and i'm going to re i'm going to do a remake of big bang bar for a hundred dollar deposit that gets you in on the list i'm only making a hundred of them and this guy got one of them one of those hundred of the of the like reproductions and uh he said it was, he's like, at the end of the day, it was $4,500. He's like, and I wish I would have bought 10 of them. Like, because mm -hmm. they're worth so, I mean, that he could probably sell that that machine for 16000 Even though he's played it and beat up on it and everything, he'd probably get $16,000 for that machine. Whoa. That's staggering. Right? <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, my God. And, and uh yeah, he had so much, like just so much fun games. 
Yeah, yeah. And was just such a cool guy and just um I told him I was like I would just love to sit down and just pick your brain on your process. You know, uh it was awesome. So Did he he seem open to that? Oh yeah, he um he actually has he's like I he's like do you ever go to the the Cleveland pinball show and I was like no. He's like well it's not actually in Cleveland anymore. It's in Cuyahoga Falls, but I have a booth there if you and so and it just so happens this year, Ash is going to um, New York, oh, excuse me, to visit her mom with her sisters. And so that is the same time that that convention that, that is going on. So I might, I might just head up to the Akron area and stay oh, up there for a few it. days and yeah. like go to that convention, play tons of free pinball and, um, they have an auction and all that kind of good stuff. So uh, it's totally worth, I mean, it's totally, and, and then I get to see, he's like, and there'll be plenty of time of me just sitting around for us to shoot the shit. So, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So that sounds like a cosmic alignment. Yeah. Of some sort. <laughs> yeah. Um, he had his, he, his arcade downstairs. He's like, I had I had a second, power connection but because i asked him i was like can you turn all these on at the same time he's like i have a 200 amp second connection for like so he gets a power bill just for his arcade <laughs> oh wow yeah whoa <laughs> um he's like i can turn everything on in here all my neons and nothing flickers upstairs like none of the lights flicker upstairs he's like because who wants to say all right well we have to turn this row off if we want to turn this row on you know yeah he's close. like <laughs> he's like there's 200 outlets down here and we could put a pinball machine on every one of them if we wanted to oh wow where was it that he lived again like how far away michigan it was like four hours michigan yeah for me man so that sounds like you said you had a pinball adventure but that nothing could have prepared me for that (laughs) yeah and no it was a it was just great and just another great sign that uh it's just such an awesome community it is really 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 an awesome community of people and who really work hard to keep it alive and it's having a resurgence did you see jack black started his own gaming ch- youtube channel did you see that you, you, no you'd mentioned something oh. about that but i haven't actually seen it so. and his first episode was about pinball like he went and like oh that's great which was awesome so it, it, it is having this like renaissance is that what what is that the right sure yeah that's right yeah so um I just wish we could get, we have some more companies than Stern. I just wish they could be cranking out some good quality games. Jersey Jack is pretty close or not pretty close. They're putting out good stuff. They just don't have the same catalog that Stern has. And, um, and that really gives Stern a dominance in the market that they can, they can really like, I hate them. Like, let's take this Ghostbusters, for example, when it was first released and Stern does this now for all of their models they released three different versions of the table and one is a pro they call it pro and that's usually in the like $5,000 range ish, like five to $6,000 range, but it does not, it's, it's all stripped down. It doesn't have a lot of like the stuff that the other two ver- like the, the other, the other two versions are essentially the same play field. So the, the pro model doesn't have, it's not the same game that the other ones are. Oh. And and it just feels a little chintzy. It just looks a little chintzy. And so then like the next models, they call premiums. 
And those are in this like $7,000 range. And those will are usually going to be like all the features on the play field will be there. And there's different art usually. And there's more there to justify that difference. Um, and then there's limited editions, which are exactly the same as premiums, but the art is definitely different. There's a plaque that tells you that there's only so many of them that are like this. And usually it's either a real back glass or the, and it's signed by somebody like there's signatures or somebody embedded somewhere that net will never wear off of the people who designed it or the artist or whatever. And the limited edition, those, those are usually like, can be up to the like $9,000 for limited editions. And then, and so that's like, those, are, I don't need, those are stupid. But I want the machine the way they designed it, so which is premium. I didn't spend seven thousand dollars on Ghostbusters. I'm just saying that's their those are their tiers, and that really it bums me out because it's just like a lot of people can only get to that pro, and I should not say a lot. A lot of people, including myself, could it would be a real struggle to even get to the pro level, and then to know that you're only getting like a you know half the game that actually exists. Yeah, that's weird. You know. <laughs> so to me anyway. Yeah. So yeah, they're super I I just wish there was more competition so that they couldn't do stuff like that, you know. Yeah. And then you call them on the pricing and the or, or whatever and they're like well, these machines are made to make money and blah, blah, blah. They're supposed to be in bars making money, not in somebody's basement. And it's like, well, if that's the case, then why do you make a limited edition that's geared towards collectors? <laughs> you know, like yeah. it costs $9,000. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But, yeah, this Ghostbusters table is phenomenal. You want to you show it? Like, I know you got that picture. You want to uh, do a screen share or is it not necessarily in a format or whatever that you can? I could probably find a picture online that would be easier, huh? Oh no, I want to see yours. Oh. <laughs> I I have it actually. I could probably bring it up. The, let me hear what I let me see one, what I can do. The one you sent me. Let me um let me just go. Let me just email these to myself. So yeah, so that was my pinball adventure. Oh, that one will be fun too. That's pretty pretty incredible. Yeah. I think it's a nice testament too to like what I I know was that like a husband and wife right like or were they even married I don't know but yeah yep what what they um kind of built for themselves or like you know you have this hobby and and the wife wanted the the library I mean that is that is really cool just to know that there are people out there like having that kind of um i mean those projects that they got to see through and then enjoy yep. i mean i've been saying for the last maybe six to nine months this I, realization as we've been thinking about getting a new house and as we'll have to when i um clog this one up with uh, <laughs> flushable wipes <laughs> uh I, will, I want a library and um where I just like put all the media in this in this one place and i then i keep thinking about young frankenstein or son of frankenstein son of frankenstein's work came up but it was parod parodied brilliantly in young frankenstein where it's like well where's my grandfather's private library meaning like his own papers and stuff in the frankenstein case like how he you know, divine the secret of life. <laughs> and so in young Frankenstein, it's this great thing of like a revolving bookcase. Like you pull out the, 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 the book 
or I think it was the candle, put the candle back. And so he, she, Terry Gard pulls out the candle and Gene Wilder's on the, by the bookcase and it spins around. And, and then, then there's this the farce. <laughs> Yeah. yeah yeah that's all i kept picturing with that and then i was like well of course because i keep thinking the same thing it's like where's gonna be my private library because even now i have like upstairs is the shit i made and downstairs is the shit i bought and so <laughs> this is very inspiring yeah <laughs> i mean it was like man it was so awesome it wasn't like it was fancy or anything it was fancy it wasn't like it was oak and brass like it looked like it fit their house and then all of a sudden boom you're in a library it was it was and you could tell he had done it himself uh, he was very handy obviously um with the pinball uh and just patient you could tell he was really really patient and uh you see i almost yeah enjoying the fruits of the labor it sounds yeah. like and i'm sure i'm sure the process must have been fun because otherwise probably wouldn't have done it but right really something yeah let's see this machine of yours okay there we go <coughs> okay there it is i had to designate my preference oh yeah i would never have guessed that this was uh something so new uh, you know it's yeah. a older movie so um so this is it so that's the that's the ghostbusters you can see the like uh ernie hudson and all the rest of the guys are on there. Um, the reason I I went with this one, there was a bunch of them that was for sale on Pinside that were all within our driving distance. You know, uh, the two main reasons why I picked to buy this one first off was because he was only an hour away from the guy I was dropping dropping Judge Dredd off for. So it was like all in one trip. Um, yeah. And the second reason was because so this is this piece right here is called the DMD Digital Mate dot matrix display um and it's just a series it's a grid of lights that they use to animate this stuff on you know like there's mm -hmm. and put your score on and all that stuff he said the ad said that this had there's a, a company that makes a thing called a color dmd where they actually it actually looks like a cartoon on there um oh. instead of it being just red or just orange most of them are orange sterns are red uh and so he said that it had a color dmd but it was not installed so i was like well that's 400 bucks saved by buying this so i'm going to go with that one so then when we got there i found out that it was used and that it wasn't the model that i liked and so i ended up selling that for uh three hundred dollars and then put that towards buying the one i actually wanted so that's coming in the mail so that'll be different that'll be different once wow. that comes in the mail um i just had oh cancel there we go uh so here's the play field I, I did medium so they emailed quick but like you can see state puffs on there yeah <laughs> um this piece right here is this like hologram where It'll put a ghost in there, and if you run the ball up, you—that's how you splat them, like it, like, oh. which is really awesome. Uh, this right here, this arm—you can see the green right here. That's Slimer. Yeah. So when oh. you, when you hit this piece right here so many times, when and to spell out ghost, 
Slimer comes down and then like moves around. And you got to hit him with the with the pinball like while he's down on the it's a, play field. A physical thing or it's yeah, like it a, like holiday. dangles it. It, it oh. like dangles. It looks like a he looks like a punching bag. And so, <laughs> uh, you actually physically hit the Slimer with a with the pinball and then once to defeat him. And then the last shot, he goes into that hologram. And so then you got to run oh, your ball up wow. through that orbit uh, to get to splat him. Uh, I'm going to request on the uh, Ghostbusters episode, Long Walk, Short Drink Remembers, coming up, that we get just like a little video of you playing this, like, oh, okay. you know, cell phone yeah. or something, uh, something ho- just to see I'll, it in action. I'll be better at that. Uh, the oh, well, the light right. show just... is amazing um, on it. It has this thing. It's totally random. It's called the, the scare mode. That uh, So these are called scoops, this right here, and there's one over here. So this is the library scoop, and this is the river of slime scoop. Um, if you it randomly, if you hit these, and it happened to me the first night that we had it, and I did not know about it, and it legitimately scared me. Uh, it will l- randomly do this scare mode where if you hit a scoop, the machine dies. It all goes black, and you're like, "What oh. the fuck?" And then. It doesn't matter how low you have the volume turned. It will override that and put the, you know, when they're like, get her in the library at the beginning. And she turns into that like demon ghost and screams really loud. That happens on the pinball machine, like on the DMD, that animation happens. And then it screams really loud and vibrates really hard. It scared the piss out of me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um scare mode scare mode yeah so there's new york city there's a subway that goes under the play field um there's the containment chamber there that's how you get multi-ball the library uh here's the firehouse that they're in We're um, like the bobby brown song in my head now like We're <laughs> i think it's from two but <laughs> there is uh <laughs> they did a great job they have a lot of the um they have a lot of the songs like from the original movie, which is oh really? So That's it's fun. it's almost like the like the soundtrack, which is oh that cool. plays when you play the game. So here's better shots of all that stuff. See now it says Stern down there instead of having the Ghostbuster symbol. Um and oh there's Gozer, and the State Puff, and. So you can just see the colors are really good. There's yeah, it's the, really vibrant. There's the guys like jam packed painted on there. Oh, you can, yeah, yeah, I hadn't seen them before. I mean, in the other views, I yeah. couldn't make them out. Um, and there's just there's just stuff everywhere, and that's always going on. It's a very busy machine, to say the least. Uh, there's Dana Barrett, and oh. uh, Vince is that. Vince Clothos, I think, is his is his name is um <laughs> the Rick Moranis character. Rick Moranis character, yeah. <laughs> so there they I are. I can't wait to watch this movie, actually. I realize how I really I can picture like the beginning with, with like the opening scene where I think they're like doing an experiment on someone, kinda. Yeah, I know what you're talking and about. Some of the iconic towards the end. 
but most of the middle and probably the bulk of any of the story, I really don't remember. Oh, so that's gonna be fun. So good. Um, I, this last one I put on here because I just I know I've showed pictures of what my other machines look like in the back box, like how they're just full of circuit boards, you know. And this is a modern machine that uses modern circuit boards, and there is one circuit board in here that runs the whole thing. Uh, this is the power supply over here. And then this circuit board and my other pinballs, like it's like the, the circuit board would be this big and that's just one. There'd be five of them in there. One oh. to drive all the solenoids, one that's the brains, one that drive the lights, one that's the power stuff, uh, all through this whole thing. And they, this board, they can run this whole elaborate machine off of this one little board right here. It just wow. blows my mind. Um, so yeah, so that, that is, is awesome. Yeah, so that, that's a a hell of a story, hell of a machine. <laughs> yeah, really cool. Thanks, man. Um, so that was my pinball pinball adventure. So I told Ash I was like, now we because I I'm my idea. I, I I I've said it multiple times, but it, it's I expect that to be a permanent addition to my collection because that's it, it's my first top tier machine that I've bought. I'm I am attached to the property. Yeah. Um and I just but at the same time too, I like if I saw a good deal worth it, I would definitely <laughs> use it as collateral to try to get a machine that you know, a different machine. So um I want to say it's gonna be a permanent addition, but I don't know. So but yeah. I never, I told her, I was like, so now, so we build up those other ones to get to this point. Now we start all over again. Now we find mm -hmm. a few more that we can get cheap and flip them and until we get a good enough stockpile and then we get another really one on our wish list that we want to keep forever. Yeah. So. Well, it must have been good for her sort of some sort of proof of concept or whatever to see that man. It's like amazing yeah. setup and the, the payoff that it yielded. And I'm sure just the joy that they take in it. Absolutely. And and they just, what was really nice is they they weren't like rubbing your nose in it. They were just like, you guys will get here eventually. Like, you're, like you know, it, this, is, this, is, this took a lot of time for us to get like this. And he said, he's like, I remember when I, they, these machines used to be $750 to buy them, you know, and when nobody wanted them that, and that's how he got into it. So. I often think about what a man can do if he has enough time and the will to use it or drop it at a time. <laughs> yes. That's uh, I don't think that's in the movie, but that was something I wrote down from the book or from, yeah, the short story or whatever of Shawshank. My favorite, I love in the movie when he's like, he's like, I told Andy Dufresne it'd take 20 years for a man to dig through the walls and he did it in 19. Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh man well i've actually only seen one new movie since since we last talked and it's a very short one but it's actually even getting a bit of a uh, traction on when i tweeted out usually my twitter is like radio silence but um i tweeted out we'd be talking about this and people seem to like that so this movie is called the dundee project okay and uh it's the the, the, the tagline here on the DVD is an otherworldly documentary from the director of Coven. Oh, shit! <laughs> so it, it says in huge letters, Mark Borchardt, The Dundee Project. Um, 
so I mean, Mark Borchardt is a Midwestern filmmaker of, of who came to no, notoriety uh, because of this wonderful documentary called American Movie that came out in 1999, Palmer's favorite year in film. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, we, we, yeah, we have a, um, a fondness for him and uh, have, I have followed his work throughout the years, but he really has not put out another film since the short film Coven that he that you see him making in the documentary American movie. Um, and, and this one, so it was released on, on DVD in 2018 by the found footage festival. Um, and it did kind of a festival, uh, circuit like slam dance and the like, uh, last year. And, and Mark Borchardt went to some of those, um, screenings. The, the, the documentary. So I'll just read the little back of the book, uh, thing. Cause I haven't, yet and it's very short um in his long-awaited follow-up to 1997's coven filmmaker mark borchardt steps behind the camera again with the dundee project a short documentary a short documentary chronicling a small town ufo festival in wisconsin featuring interviews with eccentric locals including ufo bob the film explores the annual ritual which is equal parts sky watching and heavy drinking and leaves borchardt pondering whether any of it really happened at all Oh, there's a director statement here I haven't actually read on the back. So I I ordered this um, when it became available on DVD because I like physical medias. Listeners to this podcast will know. Uh, it came with like a, an immediate digital download, which would I could have watched. But I, it even had the 40 minutes of extra uh, footage, including deleted scenes and an exclusive interview with Mark and live Q&As from the festival circuit, which actually... The documentary is fun, but maybe that stuff might be more fun. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> he is a great uh, subject for that kind of thing. Um, but so I shared with you the a short trailer. It's like uh, less than two minutes, but I think it'll give you a flavor of what it's like. We yeah. could maybe watch let it all me, together. Uh, let me get that set up here. Let's... It is actually narrated. Uh, I guess I don't remember where I saw this, so I suppose it could be incorrect. But by Justin Vernon, who is popularly or known as uh bony Vare, <laughs> who must be a midwestern guy okay. I, he's like a musician um he had a uh, uh, yeah i i had heard of him even though i wasn't super familiar with a lot of his work i was surprised to hear that he nar- <laughs> he narrated this trailer uh which is not a super high quality affair but anyway so i've got some things to say about the the movie but this will give you a flavor of what it's like All and right. our our viewing viewers and stuff awesome let's uh let me do this <laughs> started echoing yeah it started echoing i don't want to do that um i'm gonna take give me 30 seconds at this and if i can't get it in 30 seconds if i can't get on to what's going on in 30 seconds uh then we'll okay not well that's probably they're probably just long enough for me to read the director statement, actually, okay. which is on the back of the DVD box. I, I'm curious what he's going to say. So director Mark Borchardt says, The Dundee Project is not only a film, but an inner dream, a dream made manifest. Over several years, I turned my camera on Dundee, Wisconsin, where an annual event of UFO enthusiasts dutifully gather. There I found an abundance of fascinating characters, a mystic landscape, and the paradox between <laughs> empirical evidence and the extraterrestrial, extraterrestrial longing. This film offers an objective vantage point as we let our intrigue subjects outlay their beliefs under unhindered 
by censorous reasoning. <laughs> Sorry. That's how he writes. If anything, this documentary will keep your toes and eyes to the sky. Keep, well, if anything, this documentary will keep you on your toes and your eyes to the skies. Awesome. There, you go. <laughs> there it is. Uh, that, okay, I think I got it too while you're, while you're reading that. So I'm going to do this and we're going to do screen share entire screen. Oh, that's what infinity looks like. (laughs) And then we'll go here. And if I hit play, we should hear it. Hopefully from the director of COVID. UFOs come floating from out of nowhere over the lake and through the night sky. A new documentary about a small town in a big universe. Well, I'm also a UFO believer, and I saw the UFO from last year, which was, like, really awesome. Well, this is UFO days. We've got a lot of things happening. Uh, Bob Keane's bringing a gentleman with him from Indiana that uh, that, uh, has a time machine. So we can try that, maybe. The camera record. Could you say that and we're rolling, Bob? That you could that you give us permission to film you? Yeah. Oh, say I give you permission. I I state your name. Give us give uh, Mark Orchard permission to, to film me or you guys or whatever. I Bob give you Mark Orchard permission to film me. Oh sure. Say that. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, that's so. I'm Bob, and I give. Mark Borchard. What's his name? Mark Borchard. Mark Borchard. I guess he's a crowd. Mark Borchard. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It's okay. Probably four years in a row and uh, very happy to be here, man. It's a valid question, man, but Jesus Christ, that's a hell of an answer. Thank you. Good night. God bless you all. No, actually, we just begun this adventure. Oh. This is positive. There is nothing as more positive than what I'm saying. Okay. So, are you, we should be happy with life. We should make. No, no way in hell. Oh, oh, I want it. I want it. I need it. Like, (laughs) oh, it is delightful. Yeah, it was. uh, I've been been putting it off for a while because of uh, there was some delay. I think the demand exceeded what they were expecting for the DVDs. And I I wanted to watch it that way. Um, so that's, it's, it's only 20 minutes and then another 40 minutes of the extras, but, uh, oh, it's so fun. That, that is totally uncle bill. Like that's it. That, he's recreating that, uh, that scene from American movie where he's like trying to get him to say that one line, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh it's man. Right. It's, it's all of that, that dynamic. Like there are times when I thought I heard like Mike Shank there from American movie yeah. as well. And it's it's conceivable that he actually might have been there off camera from when this was filmed, but everyone sounds like that from Milwaukee. Yeah. They all have that kind of accent. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting too because I've been keeping up with him since I discussed. I mean, uh, always kind of, but I've been he hasn't finished another movie since Coven. Like he's yeah. worked on some stuff and he's been in some things, but. And so I discovered the podcast, well, he, he he would call it a radio show, and it is a radio show out of a station in Milwaukee, 
of River West Radio. The show is called Cinema Fireside. Uh, they have a Facebook page and uh, SoundCloud where they do put up the episodes. Um, and I listen to it every week. I don't listen live. I usually listen on SoundCloud. Um, but it's 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 Mark and another guy, Gabe Van Handel, talking about movies. But Mark does like a 10-minute opening each week, and it's just kind of like what's going on with him. And he has such a... He's just such a specific character. (laughs) There is nobody, there is only one Mark Marcia in the world. And he is so steadfast and resolute in the things that he talks about. Like he'll, he won't, he doesn't like, he will not talk about American movie. He won't even like say that he won't talk about it. Basically. (laughs) I think he just kind of wishes he had made different choices i i he won't say the word sober but i have to imagine he's been sober for quite at least probably close to a decade if not more and he's so particular about like how he spends his time and i think that's partially why he hasn't finished any more movies he talks about not wanting to be in front of screens he mostly reads and writes um and listens to radio dramas (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, but he, um, I, I, I can only imagine that the, the, that the producers of this movie took an interest. Oh, it doesn't say they don't have like a, they don't have the credit thing. And I wish I could remember the name, but I can't. I have to imagine someone else took an interest in helping him finish this because I think he films a lot of things. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily turn them into anything. Um, and best I can tell, like his daughter, like the, you remember that scene in the in the movie where his kids. In American movie where his kids are all like on a picnic table, yeah. they're talking oh. about like apocalypse now. Yes, oh. yes. yeah, <laughs> and they're like in the edit rooms with him and stuff. Yeah. So one of them, um, Don Borchardt, is on Twitter and she's active. She like organizes film festivals or helps in the organizing of film festivals. And she, uh, she as a guest on Cinema Fireside once, I think she alluded to the fact that he has gotten a lot of offers over the years to do reality show type stuff. And to kind of make money off of his personality, but he doesn't want to do that. Right. <laughs> he won't do that. So, right. so, but uh, he does nonetheless. He kind of acts. And if you look at any of his social media accounts, it all says like for professional inquiries, email Mark Borchard assistant at Gmail or whatever. Yeah. And so he does make a living through his being, you know, being creative and writing and stuff. But he views it as, um, I don't know. It's interesting. Like he doesn't seem to. He doesn't seem to be. Putting, trying to put together a body of work that represents him in some way. Yeah, uh, that's that. You know, that's not fair to say. Uh that's not. I, I, I. That's not fair to say. But he will do things. That whole professional thing. I'm sure he wouldn't be involved in something he was completely opposed to. But he's very clear that the things that he does for business are just that. Like he doesn't have a emotional attachment to them. You know, he gets paid for them. He does them. Yeah. So I think a movie like this that he actually made is is a little bit something more. And it's interesting to watch, to know that, I guess. Um, I mean, it's interesting anyway, but, but the idea that he doesn't finish much (laughs) and that he's always like filming these things that don't necessarily come to some fruition in the logical timeline that a lot of people's work follows, like sort of like, the creative process can be a little bit like farming. Like you plant seeds and they grow and then you harvest them and then you, you know, to market or whatever. But he, he mostly like plant seeds and grow stuff. (laughs) And uh, anyway, so it looked in that trailer, like the footage from the actual, like the documentary footage, he looked drastically 
different than that one shot of him giving the like the retrospective part of the documentary yeah. you know yeah. like uh he his goatee was longer and he had more gray in his hair so this it looks like this might have been shot like a a reason a, a a decent amount of time those two, you know so that totally was, falls yeah. into like what you're yeah. alluding to for sure yeah he um i think he was saying he basically brought cameras to this um is he, he, he so often says like he doesn't watch television <laughs> but he said that he, he had a tv on and saw something about this festival and was intrigued and it was near him so he he festival is that the right what the sort of ufo yeah that sounds that sounds uh what are they called yeah ufo festival in wisconsin yeah yeah so he went there and he started filming stuff and i think he just went back and kept filming things and eventually um i i think probably if it hadn't been for that character of ufo bob there would be no documentary because he that that one interview that he gives is is so like you don't see a lot of trailers where it's just like a static interview that's like half of it yeah (laughs) yeah that guy is so yeah like interesting mark bochard (laughs) i guess he's a kraut uh, yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh my God. And it, but it's like yeah, it's like four by three. You know, it's not even like sixteen yep. by nine. You know, that video stuck or out to me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. like from two thousand. I want to say it's some of it at least is from around the two thousand six ish era. Um, okay. I, some of the characters from American movie. If if you like look look up Mark Borchardt on YouTube and stuff, you'll come across things like there's that series on youtube i think it's like what's in my bag and or there's there's certain like kind of cultural touchstones that he you know internet and otherwise that he's been loosely involved like he was on the simpsons and yeah <laughs> as a character he, was, did, he had mike. a regular him and mike were, were on the the late show weren't they yeah like, the regularly David show and yeah. uh yeah and all because of that like i always it, it always bums me out to find out that they did don't you know that he there are similar situations that i've heard before where other people like people that i have come to really admire and have this like special place in my heart which american movie definitely does uh i i mean we put coven on mind of philip right like yeah uh, and so so like this is a it, it really bums me out that american movie is it's kind of like you where you don't like to hear bad reviews about movies i don't want to hear the people who were in or a part of the movies that i love not enjoying those experiences um oh yeah yeah or not enjoying being associated with that thing anymore because i love it and and they're a part of it you know so it really bums me out that he doesn't acknowledge the American movie thing. And I can only guess that it probably has something to do with money. Um, like, Oh, or fame, yeah. you know, like, about it like that, like he, they got a lot of notoriety and success making a movie and finishing and, and, and gaining a cult following about a guy failing at making a movie you know kind of yeah and my my suspicion is is that it has more to do with the the drinking and like and not being proud of his behavior oh really i think i don't know that for sure yeah and and ironically and just because we're talking about coven i don't want to forget i i purchased this coven bottle of wine (laughs) oh nice that uh 
also came out. So this is from uh, the v- the Third Ward. Uh, you can get this online. I'll I'll tweet it out when maybe the, put when a little show. umlaut or whatever over the o. yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, no umlaut because yeah. just. Uh, but it's got a still from his uh, you know iconic um, black and white thirty five black and white. Oh, that's so awesome. Uh, and he signed it. Um, and it's so and it's kind of ironic again. Like he never talks about sobriety. But I just happen to, I can just, he, I know he's like, I don't drink. I don't, he talks about it endlessly, like about the things that he doesn't do. Yeah. Chief of which is probably small talk. <laughs> so oh. he about, uh, he's always talking about, he won't do small talk, but it's a cavern, the Cabernet, uh, it's a red wine, uh, comes from California, but it's sold out of Milwaukee and he signs it and it, it, um, what does it say? I thought it said something about it. Oh no, on the website. So I'll read that real quick. It was good. Um, I, that's my gem is like red wine like dry red red wine and this is 2015 um i'll I'll click it for you but oh you know what i'll do i'll share my screen and we'll we'll see it but this is worth getting um oh it was like 25 dollars, which is not how much i normally spend on wine but it seemed worthwhile because it wasn't something i was going to see like in my you know oh i can't do this oh i can't do the screen share okay desktop one Start it and then I'll click on this. That's me. Hey. Do you see it? Do yeah, you see the it. line now? Yep. Okay. Yep. So this says um uh Mark Borchert, American independent filmmaker reflects cult films into cult wine, translating darkness from the screen to the bottle. Dark fruit dominates the nose. The tannins grip while black currant I don't know if that's how you say it, and toasted oak linger on. Whoa. Uh, yeah, it's delicious. Awesome. Um, so, so I got, got that as well. So I figured I'd wait until we talked about uh, this. But um, just to say a little bit more about uh, the movie, um, it ultimately is narrated by Mark Borchardt. And, and if you're familiar, so this is going to make me sound more erudite than I am, but it's it's very like Herzogian, Werner Herzog. This is a German filmmaker, I don't know. I mean, I do know some of his movies, but I'm not as like he's, I don't know. I feel like that's a real sinise kind of thing, which I haven't really ever been, <laughs> but I, I did, I did take an interest in him um, when I was younger and I've seen some of his movies and he kind of comes up in certain things. Like he remade Nosferatu. So I saw that right. he, in the seventies. He made that with Klaus Kinski. And then he made this movie called Fitzcarraldo, which is about a, and Klaus Kinski that play, plays, a man trying to bring opera to the jungle and he pulls a ship literally over a mountain. Yeah. And then there's a frames album called the Irish band. I love one of the, my favorite songs of theirs. And this album is called Fitzcarraldo. And it's kind of based on that idea of the artistic endeavor of trying to pull a ship over a mountain. So there have been times where like, and then I, I guess I'm interested in him because uh, Mark t- talks about him. Mark talks about Herzog. He talks about Orson Welles. He talks about, you know, a handful of filmmakers over and over again. He comes back to, um, but Werner Herzog's, and, and he's culturally also culturally n- notorious in the U.S. for like his narration of things, and uh, and that's where this this movie the the thing on the front says you can't help but think of Werner Herzog because Mark writes in a very like well you heard a little bit of it in the in the director statement like I stumble like he he likes to choose his words carefully yep and he spends a lot of time reading and writing. And so he likes to kind of uh, 
there is a very academic bent and a kind of um, intellectualism that he seems to be striving for and that he enjoys. And so there is definitely, uh, you know, to hear him read the narration that he's written to contextualize what you're seeing about all the stuff that he's filmed is really fun and very Herzogian. And like, I wish I could think I, I yeah, it's like this German thing, <laughs> this German affect of, you know, like, um, there I found the abundance of fascinating. Care. I can't do it. It sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger. But look up Werner Herzog <laughs> if you're not familiar yeah. with him. <laughs> he played a great bad guy in the Jack Reacher movie. I think like they made use of his sort of persona in that way. Uh, but he's he yeah he makes great movies. He made a great um Nicholas Cage movie <laughs> called Bad Lieutenant Two. So I'm, I'm sure you've oh, yeah. heard of Bad Lieutenant. Yeah. Um, did you ever Harvey see Bad Keitel. Lieutenant Two? Yeah. No, uh, I did not see two, and I didn't. I haven't seen the first one either with Harvey Keitel. Um, I mean, both are good. I mean, Bad Lieutenant uh, is famous for certain. Th- I mean, it's uh, many movies around that time where Harvey Keitel was like full nude and, and going a bit berserk. Yeah, um, it's a good movie. It's a dark movie, uh, but like much later, probably more than ten years later, Werner Herzog made this like English language. I mean. Bad Lieutenant is English language, but Werner Herzog's German, so he, a lot of times he makes yeah. German films, um, German language films. But he made, um, yeah, he made a sequel with Nicolas Cage in in the in set in New Orleans around the time of Hurricane Katrina, and it's just like full Cage, awesome. Like that's the thing, like that the character in Bad Lieutenant like goes kind of crazy, like he goes to the dark side, and you know. To getting coked out and all this stuff and doing bad things at yeah. the end of bad lieutenant like it's him like hallucinating that he's seeing jesus like jesus christ like draped in all his like um like he just stepped off the cross <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah and it's like harvey Keitel doing his reservoir dogs like <laughs> he's going sorry he does so many bad things. Oh. He's like looking at Jesus. It's this very kind of, it's great, but yeah. it's also just like big acting. Right. Harvey Keitel. And uh, yeah, the Herzog Bad Lieutenant 2 is big acting cage, which is all the only kind of cage there is and the only kind you want. Oh. But but anyway, so the, I, I mentioned that because the narration of this is very much like that. When, so Herzog also makes documentaries and um, he makes... Uh, like one a famous one was about the guy that got eaten by a grizzly. Like he was this na- oh, naturalist, yeah. the grizzly man. I can't remember. Yeah, grizzly man. I haven't actually seen it. Yeah. But so I know that he interjects himself into his documentaries to kind of narrate them, and so this is very much uh, in that spirit. And it's so fun. And then the the extras, oh, man. some of which you can see online, like Q and As. I mean, that's just like watching a sequel to American Movie in some ways. Like just seeing Mark talk about. Uh, stuff and field field the crowd and uh and and questions that they'll give him and and then there is a little bit of like a retrospective thing like you saw where he looks a bit older but oh it's so delightful <laughs> it's great that's awesome I can't recommend it yeah so. I gotta I, I'm gonna have to find it some way so I can watch it because that's right up my alley and he is a I I know he hates being considered a character but he is a character that. I, I think enjoy. he's aware of that. Like yeah. he, he's he's acknowledged being aware. He's like, "I hey, this is all performance, man." So <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's a willing participant in that. And, yeah. and that's the thing. So like he's not at all embarrassed of Coven. I mean, his Twitter handle is at more the scarier, which is like this the yeah. eight 
16 millimeter, eight millimeter movies he made as a child. Right, so, right. The stuff that he's made himself, he's very proud of. Um, I think he's probably just not proud of his behavior during the time captured by that. That scene, so, um, that Thanksgiving scene when he gets drunk and gets in the fight with his mom is like super awkward in American movie, like really yeah, bad. I think, I think I told you that when I showed that movie to my, my drummer friend Yost, he afterwards, he was like recommending to me. I watched trailer park boys, which I eventually I did. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, <laughs> no. Like, yeah. Those are great. A Canadian, like a uh, faux docudrama type thing or comedy. Uh, like it's a pretend documentary, but he thought American movie was, fake like oh. i was like no man this is real 16 millimeter shot like this is this guy he was shocked <laughs> that, like the, the, after the fact you, you, it's really i mean it feels american movie is it really reminds me of like this is spinal tap or um any of those like yeah those christopher guests yeah, yeah movies, like yeah. and where you're just yeah, I can totally understand that where you're like, there's no way that's real. Uh, but yeah, yeah I it's mean, like the, the comic timing of, of what that guy says in real life, juxtaposed with the way that they put the movie together. Yeah. Is, yeah. Uh, yeah. It is. And the it's cast like, of characters that are just like, yes. yeah. uh, you know, well, you know, I like to drink vodka and Mike liked yeah. to drink vodka. Mark liked to drink vodka. So we decided let's drink some vodka together. And yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh! Like, yeah, exactly. So, the, so the so you don't actually see. I mean, that's what people think of. They, I mean, that that don't say no Mark Percher now and what he's up to and maybe his aversion to some of that. But they always think of Mike Shank from from American Movie. Yeah, and uh, I think at a certain point, I'm not. I mean, I don't know what the reality is, but I know that how much he talks about like people that will suck your time and and how you can't get into small talk. I just know that I don't know that that's necessarily aimed at any of these people. I just know he's very focused about making sure that he spends his days <laughs> doing what he's trying to achieve. Right. And uh, and I think for him, that's I I think he writes. Uh, so he likes plays he does sometimes get plays made and stuff like that but i think he just i think he writes things i don't know if he tries to get them sold but like i think for him a lot of it is much more in the doing like he yeah he's like i've written all these scripts and maybe he's trying to get them sold and so, i don't know yeah but he doesn't he genuinely seems not to give two fucks about yeah. what other people think that's uh, great really clear about that um i was laughing because I, I remember okay. I, I well i was thinking of that scene in an american movie when uh he's talking to mike because mike got sober right and and oh yeah and, he's uh, like doing the and he, he's like yeah and he, but he's like he's like well he's like you're not sober man and like you're still taking those pills he's like no i gotta take those pills because they make me <laughs> yeah. and he's like he's like well why do you take those pills and he's like because well, they get me high. He's like, see, that's a- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, but man. part part of why, I th- um, uh, I think the footage is not dated in a bad way and stuff, but it comes from that like 2006 ish era, is because in the movie, and you see him in the trailer even, is Kenny Keane, who's in American movie, as like this guy that they they go to get him out of jail at one point in American movie. He's a longtime oh, friend yeah. of Mark's and yeah. like they show Mark's mom say like Kenny's a bad influence on Mark and the um, blonde haired guy, right? Is he blonde? Yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. He's in the trailer next to 
I don't know if it, it's, it might not be UFO Bob, but he's like got a his shirt off and a camera. He's like taking a selfie. <laughs> but not. <laughs> I gotta see this movie. <laughs> oh man, it's oh, great. I I can't recommend enough if if you're interested in them or or UFOs or whatever. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, it's really fun. Anyway, so I hope he continues to finish movies and sort of put them out into the world because that's awesome. Yeah. There's uh, there's only one Mark Borcher, and I'm so glad he's out there doing his thing. So you can listen to him every if you're kind of curious about the character and you heard his voice a little bit in the um, in that uh, in the preview. Um, every Monday on uh, RiverWestRadio.com, at, I don't know what time actually in the evening the Cinema Fireside show goes up, and then it's published on SoundCloud. So if you go to search Cinema Fireside on SoundCloud, you can hear uh, Mark talk about stuff as I do every week. But there you go. That's the only new movie I've seen since we last spoke. Um, you mentioned you saw only saw, one as well. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know. Did I talk about the green room? We saw the green room too. And yeah, though I can't quite remember. And Crazy Rich Asians. We <laughs> or saw you know, the those. green book. Green book. Green book that, yeah. Because I got confused. With. <laughs> yeah. Green. Oh, I did it again. I did it on the last one. That's the. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I saw those. Uh. But we saw the favorite. And uh, yeah, what'd you think of that? Man, it was tragic. Um, <laughs> all of those women got exactly what they wanted, and they were all miserable because of it. Like, yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but that yeah. does sound right. <laughs> um, it was really i I liked that it was a period piece that did not feel like a period piece to me. I, I feel like sometimes those because they're trying for historical accuracy so much that it just it's unrelatable to me for some I just have it's not yeah um it, I know just what you mean you kind of shut down or you don't even yeah. want to engage with it like Barry London I could never watch I still that. never seen it I I've could never, never watch it. that movie I um seen it. uh Amadeus I remember Amadeus was when when Steiner brought that, that was, on yep. Palmer's picks that was really hard for me to get in like it, it just it's just unrelatable because it's not, there's no, there's nothing in these people's lives that are. So this one, it takes place in the, you know, the early 18th century. It's like the early 1700s is the time period that queen Anne was, uh, was the queen of England before it became great Britain. Uh, and, but you never thought it like you, they never focused on the time period. It was all about that. These three women and what they, what they were willing to do to get what they wanted. And, Oh, I felt so bad for queen. Anne. she was, that was just tragic. Her character was absolutely tragic. Uh, yeah, like she didn't seem very well suited to that job. <laughs> no, no. And if you, um, I actually, it actually did inspire me to go. And I, I mean, I went as far as the Wikipedia page, but which, if you go to the Wikipedia page for Queen Anne, it is very extensive. Uh, and and the pieces that they did pull from history to focus on for the movie, like they were accurate. Like she, her husband had just the period of this movie. In real life, when this was all, when this was happening, her husband had just died and she had lost all of her children, like in, in, at some stage of child of pregnancy, she never 
was able to carry a pregnancy to term and found solace in like Lady Marlborough was a real person in her life. And this uh, um, Emma Stone's character, I forget her name, was a real person in Queen Anne's life that mm -hmm. that drove a wedge between Queen Anne and Lady Marlborough. Like, um, so, uh, yeah, it was, gosh, it was good. And the, the Wikipedia article, did that sort of state or clarify, I, I've only heard this, that the whole sexual element of it was not necessarily historical record, but really something the movie introduced? Um, it did not, uh, it, it never said that they were all lovers with each other. Um, I just it certainly helped the dramatics of like the triangle. <laughs> yeah. What the sad part is, is I think they, that all of them really use them to manipulate the other, they use sex to manipulate the other two, you know, like it was, Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I really feel like though. So my biggest question, my biggest takeaway from it is without the whole point, I'll give a Palmer synopsis of the movie. I, we've already been talking about it, I guess, uh, is, um, the queen of England has a, her second in command, essentially, or her, um, confidant is this, woman who is high in English culture and who essentially is running the kingdom herself because she has a huge influence on the queen because <laughs> She's the Dick Cheney. Of yeah. And uh, they, and she essentially does it because they are lovers. Well, that woman's cousin who lost her um, status in English society comes to ask for a job in the kitchen basically and then slowly manipulates her way in into creating this like vicious love triangle between the three and my biggest question at the afterwards to myself was like so did rachel vice who plays lady marlborough did was she did she genuinely love her husband and so she was trying to secure stuff so that she could have a life with him or did she want the war to continue on to keep him there so that she could continue loving queen Anne? like i really feel like there were moments that there was genuine love between rachel vice and the queen yeah uh, that's interesting you say that in that i didn't i forgot all about her husband yeah i believe is, oh you haven't if you have if, any listeners or whatever in, in youtube palmer if you haven't watched uh Sherlock on uh, BBC. It's fucking magic. Like I wouldn't necessarily think I would like it, but it's really, really great. Um, her husband is uh, plays is one of the main parts in that. He's not Sherlock or or you know Watson, but he's Sherlock's brother. And uh, I forgot he was in it because yeah. to me, oh, like yeah. I just I thinking about like what you were saying like what they wanted, they got, and that was kind of their undoing, or they weren't happy. I thought like Emma Stone's character wanted this kind of, well, first she wanted out of these horrible, like impoverished situations that she was in. Um, and she got that, but and then the queen wanted to be loved. It seemed like, I, I don't know. I, I felt like the lady Sarah, the Rachel Weiss character 
did love the queen. Like that's my yeah. com- what I came away with. Maybe she thought she didn't, but once she was removed from that, it seemed that she really did, and that was her great sadness that she couldn't didn't she lost that relationship basically. That's my takeaway in thinking about it sort of without thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The chi scene was the grossest, I think. Like the uh so the, so the queen has this she in addition to all of this she also has mental problems the like legitimate emotional problems and those was it gout and, and gout sort of and she has gout very bad um but there's this scene where she's just like trying to eat her feelings like the, she's just not happy with the way things are going on and it cuts to her in her chamber and she's just grabbing bricks of blue cheese like it's like marble oh, and I like think i thought that was cake okay no yeah, and it. and like and biting just these whole rounds of this blue and then chewing it and then because she's so much lactose in her that your body can't process it rejects oh. it and so then there's a chamber boy there with a pot to just like catch her throwing up and then she just goes right back to eating this and i it's just Oh, it's so gross. Yeah, that really got me. Yeah. Uh that's it. That, fast for three days. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was a great it was a great movie. Um I saw just speaking of other uh, other media too, uh the trailer, Jordan Peele dropped a trailer for well, his follow-up to Get Out, if you haven't seen that, there's a trailer out that's called Us. I did see that. Is that the one you shared with us? Or, I don't... Or that was for his other uh, anthology series, I think. Um, maybe his anthology series. Yeah, I think I saw the Us, too. I don't know where I would have, but... Um, I don't know. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. It That I looks <laughs> fucking fantastic. Oh, I think I did. Yeah, it's got the one of the kids from Blackish. It's starting to... I can't remember quite, but... Basically, a family is being terrorized by alternate versions of themselves. Of themselves, yes. Yeah. I did see this. It yeah. was fucked up. <laughs> uh, so that looks great. And then also, yeah. there's a trailer got released for his Twilight, his version of Twilight Zone. Uh, that's the one you you shared. The one that is that YouTube? Yeah, that's no. on. No, it's, it's that's it's that, and this leads to it's that goddamn CBS. Oh, I'm guess, streaming, I guess I'm glad it came up. Streaming service <laughs> that uh, Twinkie shared with us. It was announced that that stand adaptation that we I talked about at the end of last year or the beginning of this year or somewhere, uh, there was a stand that like Joe Hill is on the writing team. I, it's yeah. either Joe Hill or it's um, his other son, uh, Owen King. One of those two is on the writing team for this stand adaptation. And it's like... It's a good sign. It's a hugely good sign. And so Tweaky sent a link. It's only going to be on CBS's streaming service. <laughs> it's the only way you're going to get it. I am I already spend enough. I spend as much as I was would spend on cable on streaming services already. And you get so many different ones. To get their content. Oh, yeah. That's so frustrating. <laughs> why can't why can't they make a service that puts all the streaming services together and they could call it something like cable you know like don't be it, saying that yeah like, i you know, know how california listens you just gotta do yeah. it <laughs> yeah um 
Yeah. Yeah, no. So I'll probably end up fucking getting it because it's just, I mean, I re- I love Twilight Zone anyways. And then to know Jordan Peele is doing Twilight Zone, like that's fucking Oh, awesome. wait, no, he's doing like flat out Twilight Zone? It is called Twilight Zone. Oh, like, shit. It, okay. It is it is a I, reboot I of okay. Twilight Zone. Like Jesus. <laughs> they put a, they did an ad for the Super Bowl and like, you know the door that floats in the Twilight Zone thing? Yeah. Like, it's there and he walks through that door and disappears. Like it's he does too- like the Rod Serling role. Yes. Yes. Oh, oh it's that, so great. Shit. That is you have it. Oh man, we gotta I gotta find that. Yeah, I've watched that. That'd be great. I I, I pulled up the uh, we already tweeted it on our, our retweeted Twinkies tweet of the tweet on at LWSD pod on Twitter. If you're not following us, but it's a real short story on a uh, ten episode event coming. Uh, of the stand and uh it's gonna be fun great uh, stephen king says something in here about how he's excited about it oh, i love that thing did you read the little article i'm guessing but you did but i did like the, uh i have not actually so the it's really short and actually the 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 sort of creative force behind the the movie thing is the is the writer director of the fault in our stars and he's got another another movie coming out but i, I liked that movie the fault in our stars and uh He's got this quote here. He says, I read the stand under my bed when I was 12 and my Baptist parents burned it in our fireplace upon discovery. Incensed, I stole my dad's FedEx account number and mailed King a letter professing my love for his work. Several weeks later, I came home to find a box had arrived from Maine and inside it were several books, each inscribed with a beautiful note from God himself who encouraged me in my writing and thanked me for being a fan. And he said, my parents gen- were genuinely moved by King's kindness and lifted the ban on his books that very day. <laughs> and he said he wrote, <coughs> sorry, he wrote King a cameo in his first film, which I don't know if that got cut out or got changed to a different character. Um, he said, I've been working to bring the stand to the screen for five years. Uh, and, 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 and 10, a, a, a 10 episode and you, we don't, I mean, you have to assume at least an hour for each one, like a 10 hour mini series that like, yeah, oh, it's going to be so good. And like, yep. and then at the same time, I'm still like, and there's still like two thirds of the books going to get cut out. Like, how are you going to fit all that <laughs> in 10 hours? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I feel like they're going to be able to do it well. Yeah. I hope. I wish I could do a better Stephen King, but he's like, I'm very excited. And so I can't very pleased. I'm very pleased. Have new I'm very life. excited <laughs> and pleased. Uh, I'm very excited and pleased that the stand is going to have new life on this exciting new platform. Stephen King says the people involved are men and women who know exactly what they're doing. The scripts are dynamite. The results bid the result bids to be something memorable and thrilling. I believe it will take viewers away to a world they hope will never happen. <laughs> that's pretty much. I mean, that's most of the article, but that's pretty dang exciting. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, my life for you. <laughs> <laughs> my life for you. They've got to get that guy back to do trash can man. Because oh, that be guy great. is trash can man. Like, man, Max Hedrum. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I, wait, that guy died, I think. Oh, I remember we talked about this before. You know, I saw I, I saw the preview when we went to see the crow at the Alamo Draft House. I saw the preview for the new um Pet Cemetery movie. And having just seen the, you know, the original Pet Cemetery movie. It's hard for me. I, I just don't get what would be gained. Like I don't, I don't feel like they miss things. Yeah. I don't know oh, Ian, why. Now that you've watched, <laughs> so you've watched the original Pet Cemetery, right? Yeah. And we talked about great. that, right? Awesome. 
the documentary, uh, there's a feature length documentary on the making yeah. of that on Amazon Prime. Did you watch that too? Oh, wait, no. Uh, there might be feature length. Oh, shit. No, there is an sure. actual movie. It's a movie. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> that's on the making of the original Pet Cemetery. And I'm oh I'm so with you. I don't like I'm excited to see John Lithgow as 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 Judd. But I really yeah. thought Herman Munster nailed it. Like he was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I saw it after the fact. And I was like, that's that seems about right. <laughs> yeah, that's Judd. So, um, well, Lord, the soil of a man's heart, Lord. Uh, he was perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I uh, speaking of Pet Cemetery, and then we'll watch the Jordan Peele trailer yeah. for Twilight Zone. Oh, but um, I can't find it. I. Oh, I'm spelling it wrong. I had to walk away. I was listening to that Michael C. Hall. I had to walk away from it. It, it it's just so dark. It like oh really? Yeah. Wow. I'm like it, that. I never thought I would come across a one timer Stephen King book, but that like <gasps> wow. As I'm getting through it, and and as I was listening to it, I'm like, this just doesn't make me feel good. Like it doesn't hit no. me like his other books do. <laughs> and like, I, and uh, so. I restarted the Dark Tower today. That's what I uh, on our my walk with Tank. I started the Gunslinger. Oh, so nice. Yeah, yeah. It's the new year, new me. I actually don't See, think I, I went through the series last year. That was the first year, and I don't know how long oh, that really? I don't think I went through it. So um, I'm I'm gonna just knock it out and get it done this year. I got Double D has access to the last two books. <sighs> So I was just going to ask the last two books in the series. So um, I was thinking today on how I can do this, how double D and I can do this dark tower talk. Maybe it'll just be one special. That's like long too. walk, short oh, drink God. discussion, you know, that gets put on there. Um, Whatever it takes to make it a thing. So, I'm all for it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, that's going to be fun. But let's excellent. Let me show you. I this. just found I, I found the documentary Unearthed and Untold: The Path to Pet Cemetery, ninety-seven yep. minutes, two thousand seventeen. Yep. I'm glad you mentioned that because I figured you just meant what was on the DVD because no. there's short stuff that adds up to about a, a full. And, and it's cool too. It's like Stephen King on the set talking. It's the really great supplementary yep. uh, stuff. Oh man, I, this is what I'm gonna do after. Okay, what yeah. what what what, uh, what you brought up the the this is so this is the Jordan Peele um, Twilight Zone thing. Hello, friends, and welcome back to beautiful Atlanta, Georgia, and the home of the Witness an empty space filled with thousands of screaming people. A man both nowhere and everywhere at the same time. Answers are new questions. The unthinkable is the expected. When truth is not the truth, what dimension are you even in? Doesn't that look good? That does look good. Oh my goodness, that's enough to get me on board. I've never had a, a particular relationship with the 
Twilight Zone. So, but I do with him. So I'll, uh, that's exciting. Yeah, um, I love the original Rod Serling series. I binged it uh, a while ago, and it's. Oh, you did it like as an adult? Like yeah. you came to it sort of fresh? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh me. and it it is some amazing storytelling. And that guy was a machine. I mean, he wrote like it's like 90% of the episodes and then that he wrote himself and then hosted them and then produced and directed, you know, he directed some of them, and it's just like he was experimental. Like some of the first video were Twilight Zone episodes. Like that that oh. broadcast companies use to broadcast. There's four episodes that were actually shot on video that were used to broadcast. And you can tell. Like they like it, those episodes really stand out. The visual appearance of them drastically stands out. Uh I think the original series is on Netflix. Uh, they have. If, if I kind of remember that because we watched a couple episodes, like one Halloween, the yeah, or there was like top ten episodes of. Yes, you know, and, and that's what I was going to say. It, they they have so they have the whole series on there. If that's a little overwhelming for some people, which you know, I think it's like six seasons. There's a ton of episodes. Um, they have a the best of the Twilight Zone also. In, on Netflix, which is like oh. the like iconic episodes are like grouped together, so you can watch those like you know like Eye of Beholder and the one with uh, Will Shatner and um, <laughs> the um, the nuclear Holocaust one or, or the the nuclear one. Uh, yeah, just great storytelling. Um, so. Very cool. I mean, this really excites me a lot. The, the, yeah, uh, and that is Jordan Peele then on top of it. So, yeah, he's yeah, like man. a machine right now too. <laughs> he is. Cra- I mean, like. he is cranking it out. I, I don't like. You wonder how these guys get it. Like, when do they sleep? When do they eat? Like, if yeah, you, I don't think they do much. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 then when you realize how grueling that must be for them to still be making like good stuff, you know, like stuff people want to see and not just yeah. garbage. So, well, um, and the main thing I think is that like, you want to see people making things that they're passionate about. And Jordan Peele's in that spot where he made this sort of passion project that lit the world on fire. And so now he's got license to do whatever he wants. And yep. So he's probably having a ball and like, like making the sunshine. for sure. Like, like Hollywood does, they'll, they'll give him as long of a leash until he goes and it could go either way. Like he, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, last I, night I was, uh, watching as I do, I was working on something. I can't remember what, and I had TV on a mute. I keep turning this like channel that doesn't even come in. Like I'll just flip through and try to find something that's comforting or what. I don't know, like some movie or something. I keep coming to this channel that doesn't actually even come in HD. So it's like a box within a box of a widescreen. Yeah. But it's just like something. I'm like, ah, this will be better to be on. And I kind of, I don't know. I was going to say half watch. It's more like a third watch that I barely watched. Coyote Ugly. (laughs) That was like, that was the best. I don't even know that movie well, but I just left it there. And when that movie was over, 
Donnie Darko started. Ooh. And I hadn't thought about Donnie Darko. I hadn't seen Donnie Darko in ages and ages. I love that movie. And and then I went on IMDb and I looked up. Um, oh, I'm blanking on his name. I want to call him the wrong name. I want to call him Richard Linklater, and he's not Richard Linklater. He's Richard something. Fuck. I'm mad. Hang on. <laughs> Richard. Oh, so close. Is it a character name or the actor's name? No, it's the director. Uh, oh, the director is um, Richard Kelly. Richard Kelly, yeah. So I was like, Richard Kelly. What I knew, we watched his. The bride and I watched his second movie, Southland Tales, which Kevin Smith is actually in briefly. Mm-hmm. It's a weird movie, but not weird in the greatest way. And he really hasn't gotten to have. He hasn't gotten to do too much. Yeah, like Donnie Darko's amazing yep and uh but but yeah he didn't really and southland tales is weird but like he i'm sure he followed like his muse like what he wanted to do yep it's just the timing or whatever the zeitgeist wasn't there and so he hasn't and like so he hasn't done anything since i think 2009 and i think i i so i use the example of m night Shyamalan. i mean yeah yeah. look at the look at him and he was given even kevin smith we could get say that this is is a good example of where that could be a bad thing where you're allowed to do whatever you want. Um, and without much oversight, you know what I mean? Like you still have to kind of make sure the training wheels are there if they're not as experienced, you know, like, cause M night Shyamalan, I felt like after six Sense, which changed everything, you know, change oh, yeah. scary Before movies that, he made like a rosie o'donnell school movie yeah like, literally i can't yeah. know what it's called but wide awake i think it's called yeah and so you'd and, never recognize him and then he made six cents and that and but then every movie after that the quality diminished every time you know yep and, and he was chasing that thing that he defined in, yeah. in the sixth sense yeah, yeah. I mean, i've experienced it on the the, the smallest of micro levels of like doing stuff doing stuff you do something that kind of resonates in some way and then try it's there's that wonderful validation that comes with it and then kind of that then becomes part of the formula whereas the formula used to just be that farming thing that i was mentioning like you plant you you reap you right. sow there maybe there wasn't the take it to market part <laughs> and once that part is introduced like it can really Sometimes then eventually you got to like burn the, you know, burn the earth and scorch the earth and like start fresh. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. yeah. Which and he did, which M. Night Shyamalan did because he did find yeah. some kind of moderate success with um, the visit, I think is what that's called with the grand, where the kids oh, yeah, go to visit that. the grandparents. That movie was terrifying. Uh, oh, the visit. Maybe, did, maybe I'm thinking of that wrong, but I know that. Was it split or whatever? Or was and then like split a real just came out point? like yeah, like a couple years ago, and now Glass now, came out this year and it flopped. Like oh, oh really? Yeah, it looked exciting though. Like, yeah, <laughs> to me the preview of like oh that yeah. movie that because I remember uh, Unbreakable. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, but yeah, it's interesting how all that works, and I think it's like it, it's a lot of it is left to I don't know. Yeah, a lot of it is left to a lot of uncontrollable factors (laughs) yeah but it's always exciting i mean that's the thing like when you're seeing people that you obviously know everybody we're inundated with so much shit and so i think we're all hungry for authenticity and you know in any form it takes that's why someone like mark barchard is so refreshing is because he's so obviously and unapologetically 
his authentic self. <laughs> and um, I think when, yeah, we get a taste of that, it, it, it's, it's really refreshing. And, and then sometimes that kind of can be watered down by this, that, or the other. But when, when that hits, like with someone like Jordan Peele, and then I feel like that's some of, I have a lot of why something like Black Panther is really um, as good as it is because like Ryan Coogler was able to take that and, and they, you know, over at Marvel, they give people the freedom to infuse their personality in these major, like, you know, multi-million dollar blockbusters. And obviously that has has yielded very um, satisfying results, whereas DC, which would be my preferred property, <laughs> yep. has not. <laughs> anyway. Fingers crossed on that, um, the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm excited for that. Me too. I've I've seen images from it and not clicked. I'm just trying to stay as fresh yep. as I can for that. Yep. I feel like that would be rewarding. I yeah, the same with me. I mean, I haven't really read very much, but I've seen the images that have been circulated around. Well, and I might be guilty for exposing you to one of those myself. So, oh no, I mean, I don't mind necessarily. I just uh, I haven't watched any of the. I I feel like the trailers that are said to exist are not real. I don't even know if that's true. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I well, and I how could there even be a trailer already? I, I see that on YouTube a lot, like trailer, yeah. new trailer. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, that's... kids make those with the with bullshit in the. <laughs> um, and I heard that they're also they're still going forward with a Jared Leto Joker movie, like a oh yeah, wow, um, sure, why not? That's so, one of the greatest characters of all time. Let's yeah, see, let's see all the Joker they got. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, so. All right, man. I uh, I hate to do it, but I think I got to get off of here. No, no, no. We, I think this has been really <laughs> a very rich discussion. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, wow. I'm, I'm I was taken aback, but I'm um, uh, I'm in awe of what you're doing, <laughs> and I think as long as it's working for you, keep it up. Thanks, man. Uh, we'll see how tomorrow goes. I don't know. One day at a time, right? So, Indeed. yeah. Um. Yeah. But uh, so let's let's go through it. So uh, make sure you're heading over to our YouTube page. Let's do that one first. Uh, mm-hmm. Search Long Walk Short Drink. Subscribe. Closing, closing in on 80 subscribers. Really? Like 77 awesome. 77. All right. Yeah. Um, we're trying to get that unique URL. We get that at 100 subscribers. So uh, be sure to head over to YouTube. Search Long Walk Short Drink. Subscribe. Ring the bell. You get to watch us record these episodes live on youtube because we broadcast them while we record um head over to twitter follow at lwsd pod uh for all of our twitter updates and fun links to the stuff we talk about on our episodes uh go to audibletrial.com slash lwsd uh download your sign up for an audible trial and download your free audiobook uh you can do michael c hall's pet cemetery uh (laughs) unfuck yourself (laughs) Uh, designing your life uh, oh designing your life i I really like that one um a lot of those uh any of those download for free uh you can email us us. yeah Yeah, on us uh you can email us at lwsdpod at gmail.com uh did i get all of them yeah if you're uh I'm still new to this, so I'm still amazed by it. But if you're listening to us on, like, say, Apple Podcast, you can click the description 
and literally click a link like on your phone to go to Audible trial, and you don't have to do anything, and then you just like enter your free book like all oh, on yeah. your phone. It's pretty slick. Can you link to our YouTube channel on there too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, just so click you, on the full description. Yeah, just click on the description, and then it'll take you right to our YouTube page, and then you can subscribe right there, all in one click. Thank Otherwise, you. you can find us on uh, yeah, uh, learning from the internet. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you can find us on all of your favorite uh, podcast streaming apps, so um, Stitcher, any of those. Yeah, uh, yeah. All right, man. Next time we'll, we'll try to get. Uh, we'll, we'll hopefully have Logan here for his cabin kit yep. episode. Yep. Um, I didn't tell you this earlier, and it's kind of sprung up out of nowhere. But uh, Moto has an album that will be out by the next time we. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. So I was surprised too. It's um, it's kind of a compilation things of things he did for for years um back, but he put them together. I don't know. I'm I'm amazed. So I don't know if we can get him on to talk about it or what, but it, it came out great. And right. um, we're just looking. You get him on Moto, and, and it's going to be on. Um, it'll be on all those streaming platforms. So it'll be on your Spotify, all that kind of stuff. So I mean, awesome. Dreaming Out Loud Records, our our internal kind of thing you can download it but you'll be able to stream this motherfucker so that's, that's pretty awesome. exciting we'll talk about that next time perhaps and i'm gonna maybe i could skip ahead to the body i don't know we'll keep in touch about that but i love the idea of getting that long walk short drink remembers of those two vhs's that yeah, were in your yeah, yeah. possession because you haven't seen stand by me either right never i've never seen stand by oh me. my gosh i can't I know. To talk about this like I know. i'm like, so excited you never saw it. you never saw stand by me you never saw shawshank redemption no and then and you've read them and now you've watched them and just like i mean shawshank do you it's god is that such a it really holds up uh like i said i i think while i was watching the movie in the moment it wasn't always like living up to everything but within a few days like it really like i kind i got it all and yeah um yeah, so I'm really excited for uh, Stand by Me. I Young River even in that. Uh, yeah, like all kinds of. Uh, yeah, I know that is such a beloved movie. I think that's even a Palmer's pick, uh, though I can't recall who brought it on. It was definitely a Palmer's pick, but man, classic. That is a good yeah. one. Yeah, and the book is really the the story, the novella it's based on is really good too. So, all right, awesome. Well, let's. Uh, I'll have nice, good cans for um, yeah. episode <laughs> next episode. So, looking forward to that. Um, but let's go ahead and let's wrap it up. Long walkers, it has been absolutely a pleasure uh, for those four that have been sticking with us this whole time. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, uh, buddy. It's been real. This has been a great episode. Al, as always, I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank good you. Seeing ya. Love you. Good seeing you. I love you also. Thanks for this. And uh, thank you. We'll talk to you. If not before, we'll talk to you on the 20th. Indeed. Looking right. forward to it. Cheers, everybody. See you later, everybody. Eat less, exercise more, don't die before 40.